So, uh, this is the Kings of Punk podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tyler Hammer. To my left, we got uh, Jake Razor. Right here. Hello. To my other left, Gary US Bombs, aka Tim. What's up? And uh, we are joined by the hosts of the podcast Demo Listen. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, uh, Nate and Gray, for coming on. How's everything going? Thanks for having us. I'm good. My tooth still hurts like it did the other night when you guys played here, but I'm fucking chock full of Origel and ready to go. Yeah. Dandy. Nice. I got high cholesterol, but um, I'm working on that. <laughs> Dude, I fucked, I fucked my knee up like moshing for like three seconds to ringworm the other day. And like, yeah, now I have to like miss work probably for a couple of days. Damn, really? Sucks. You messed it up that bad? Dude, it was like, like they started playing urine and it's like, I've never seen him play that song. Mm. I was just like, yeah, fuck yeah. Let's, let's mosh. And like, just like big miss, like, man, big mistake. My fucking felt like I was like, someone must've hit my knee on like the side as I was like side deciding. Somebody yeah. threw a paper ball at him and it hit him in the knee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> and then I was like trying to limp out and like yeah. someone kept like pushing me and it's like, Yo, what the fuck are you doing? I'm trying to get the fuck out of here. Once, once you've entered the pit, you're no longer allowed to enter. Or it's, exit. Been, it's been so long, everybody just forgets etiquette. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I will, the rules we, have changed. Yeah, when we, uh, for those who don't know, our band Leaking Head just did a little tour. We played in Pittsburgh. Uh, Gray set us up with a show in Fort Wayne, Indiana, a state I had not been to before. And then the show where Tyler got hit with a paper ball was at Now That's Class, which was... Yeah. It, was a, it was a good time. I was a little Cleveland was less feral than I remembered it being the uh, last time I was at now that's class like 11 years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was, it was, it was a good time. Um, yeah. TV drugs were fun. Uh, that was entertaining to say the least. Illiterates. Um, yeah. Illiterates played, right? Yeah. They, they, yeah, were, they killed it. They were so crazy. Good. good. Crazy. Good. So uh, good. There was this band maximum ignorance too, with uh, Sean from nine shocks terror and Paul from inmates who owns that bar. And that was, you'd probably right. like that. That was like, uh, uh, reminded me of rest in pieces almost, but a little less metal. It's their like, I mean, they picked the name to be like maximum penalty. It's like right. ignorant New York hardcore, but with the like really fast parts. So that was, that was good. Yeah. That was good. Uh, How, what, what'd you guys think of Fort Wayne? Uh, it was, I think it was Tyler. Had you been here before? Because I mean, you know, Andy and shit. So no, um, never been, uh, Tim, have we ever like tried to play Fort Wayne before? I don't think so. Yeah. Never, never been passed through. I mean, to go to Chicago, we played was it as before. You, was it as shitty as you imagined it would be or more? Um, not going to lie. I would say more. I would, <laughs> I, I would say about as shitty, but in a different way. It was yeah. strange. It felt like yeah. a weird, it felt foreign to me in a way that I didn't expect it to. And that mm-hmm. like a place like Cleveland or Pittsburgh kind of doesn't feel. Yeah. I, it, it was like being in an alternate universe. Everything was kind of quiet. I didn't see a lot of people around. I think you showing me uh, some of those public access television selections from Fort Wayne really, uh, framed the experience for me uh it's it's definitely odd something something uncanny about it in my uh limited experience that i just had pretty intrigued i will say i was intrigued it's it's got a it's got a fairly large population yeah yeah i mean fort wayne the actual population of fort wayne this city is pretty close to the population of the city of pittsburgh Mm -hmm. not the metropolitan area yeah but Uh, there's literally nothing around fort wayne right 
And it's crazy. It's just like a little island. And it's very much like a small town despite that population size. Yeah, for sure. It's weird. It's a weird yes, place. That that was the vibe I got. It was like a strange small town, but uh enlarged uh drastically. Yes. How much yep. how many people live in Fort Wayne? Um, it's I'm pretty sure it's close to like two hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, it's oh, it's wow. up over two hundred and fifty thousand. Uh in the metro area, I think you get up towards about four hundred thousand. But that's the thing, is like the metro area is so small, whereas the metro area of Pittsburgh is like immense. Yeah. You, yeah. You, but you you basically triple the population when you incorporate the metro area of Pittsburgh, whereas here you add like maybe another hundred and fifty thousand people. Yeah, the population of Fort Wayne is two hundred and sixty five thousand seven hundred and fifty two in two thousand nineteen. Okay. Um, but there's nothing around it. Yeah. That's crazy. Cause that's more than Rochester. Yeah. 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 But yeah, again, there's just it, like, like Nate said, it's just an Island just kind of sitting up here. So you don't, it, whereas like on East coast cities or like various, just, uh, like more industrialized bits of the country that aren't surrounded by cornfields, you have like contiguous sort of like population centers that make things feel bigger. Whereas here, even though it's a fairly sizable, like as a mid-sized city, it's just sitting up there by itself. So it's, it's, it's a weird vibe for sure. Yeah. And the population yeah. of the actual city of Pittsburgh is 302,205, but it's, you know, like I'm originally from Greensburg, PA, which is, I don't know, 35 minutes, um, Southeast of Pittsburgh. And, um, it's basically just continuous city between Pittsburgh and my hometown. Yeah. Yeah. That would be like, like there's a, there's a couple pot spots around, like Rochester where, yeah, if you went like 30 minutes out, like, yeah, you, after like 10 minutes, you're not in Rochester anymore, but yeah, yeah, yeah. big, like something like Buffalo, Buffalo is pretty fucking big. That's spread out real and good. It's got like more, there's more, is there more people in Buffalo? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That place is like way more like destitute looking though. Yes, it is. <laughs> it, it was wild moving here because where I, you know, where I'm from in Southwest PA, like a 15 minute drive is a pain in the ass. I'm like, what? I'm, I'm not driving fucking 15 minutes down there. I got to go through fucking Jeanette and Manor to get down to this fucking place. Fuck that. And um, here, I mean, you can't get anywhere without driving 90 minutes. Yeah. 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 That's a bitch. So we have invited uh, Nate and Gray on to be guest panelists for our March Mayhem series. Uh, if you've been listening, listeners, uh, we've been working our way through the Puss Head, Puss Zone, unofficial top 100 of the 80s. And uh, we, you know, generated a tournament bracket. Uh, 28 records got a first round buy. And we've been comparing them and voting on what our favorites are. So we've uh, gone through two rounds thus far. Um, for uh, listeners of ours who aren't aware, do you guys want to maybe provide some insight on what Demo Listen is? Because I think it's uh, provided you with some. Uh, the skills necessary to uh, do a good job with this, which is why we invited you. I'll tell you one thing. It is a hell of a lot less work than guest spotting on your fucking podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. I was like, while I was uh, preparing for this appearance, I was like, I've never done even a modicum of preparation for our show that would compare to what I did for this. Um, so props to having like a real pro operation that has like actual ideas and cool things that you do instead <laughs> um, of just doing the same thing. Week to week. I will say, well, thank you. That, thank you. That fucking sucks though, because I, I was like, we we're talking about doing like a Patreon, I guess we are, we are maybe going, we are go going to eventually do that. And I was like, yeah, well, demo listen as a Patreon, but like, 
we have to come up with like twice as many ideas because every episode you guys like you you guys have people shoveling content towards you i guess that is true, for yes. like free and like we have to like think of stuff and i kind yeah. of like hate that well people have yeah. started shoveling us stuff too recently but oh, that's yes. another story because it's mostly uh bands that are not very good that want to be reviewed there's there's been some good ones too but that's not really what we do here i think it's just people typing in like uh punk alternative podcast and then they find ours i guess and you know send me their music video six times in a row but hell yeah yeah so but and i guess to to transition into to talking about demolition that is exactly what we do so if any any listeners that aren't familiar that is basically the premise like people submit music sometimes their own sometimes other people's music um and we listen to like punk hardcore metal and anything adjacent under that kind of broad umbrella and then just talk about it sometimes we uh enjoy it sometimes we don't but we just strive to be honest in our in our uh appraisal of whatever we're hearing and sometimes that draws people put people's ire but but I think by and large uh, folks take it in the right spirit and have a good time with it. Yeah. Great. Uh, great podcast. Been listening for pretty early on since you guys like probably first, like first, like 10 episodes, I think since. So yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. If you, uh, if you enjoy us, obviously we've talked about you guys probably should listen to them. You probably would like it. And uh, I think with the amount of hours you have, doing that and just like your general enjoyment of punk hardcore, you know, underground music will say, you know, I think you guys make a good choice. I think your choices maybe will be a little bit different than ours. I'm, I have some ideas of what you're going to choose. I think okay. based upon what I've heard you guys talk about in the podcast, but some of them, I kind of have like no idea what you guys think of it. Like those, some of these records. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. Yeah. Do we want to, Tim, do you want to get us started? Yeah, for sure. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> so for the first matchup of the first round, we got the uh, number one, Discharge's Fight Back EP going up against the uh, number 97, the accused uh, Martha Splatterhead 7-inch. Yeah, this is a, this is a good, good matchup because uh, number one versus number 97. Martha yeah. fucking accused coming in as the underdogs here. Yeah. Still a bit well yeah, matched, sure. but I'm, I'm curious what uh, Nate and gray have to say about it. Cause we've talked about these a little bit, but, and uh, I know gray, you were talking about that accused seven inch when I saw you in Fort Wayne a bit. So what, what were you, your thoughts on this matchup here? So this, uh, this is like a, a much, a much closer matchup than I think Pusshead's rankings would, would probably, uh, reveal. And I might actually go a direction that, that people wouldn't anticipate here. Um, I don't know if you want me to just lead with my choice or if you want me to like give some thoughts on both releases and then re do the big reveal. I just give your, th I would just say, give some thoughts on it. Yeah. You the, know, the way we've okay. been doing it, sort of the fun thing that Tyler came up with is, Oh yes. We'll count off and then all at once say our, our pick. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. That's, it's, yeah. It's that cute. sounds like good yeah, copy. It's, cu it's cute. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Give us your general thoughts here. 
Um, so, so for, so for fight back, like, first of all, I don't think that's like necessarily the quintessential discharge release. Like if I were making a top 100 of the eighties, that wouldn't be the discharge release I would necessarily pick. I think it still finds them in a form that's, uh, somewhat primitive and like transitional out of the seventies material into like the very well honed, like D beat machine that they would become like a couple years after this. Um, but like the fact that this did come out in 1980 is pretty remarkable considering what was happening in the UK at the time. Like the way this predicts uh, and influences like so much of what would happen and like the pivot that the UK would take in the next couple of years is, is wild. And like, I think you have to give discharge their flowers for that. Um, like on that point alone, um, obviously probably like a lot of parallel thinking i would imagine with like american bands that were pivoting to hardcore at the time because it is like a very distinct form from american hardcore um but seems to have like a lot of the same general sort of like sonic ideology at its core um and it's it's also interesting like we talk about on the show sometimes like nate and i do how like the purveyors of american hardcore kind of like got the formula right from jump and i think it's kind of similar with with discharge i do think they honed the sound a little bit after this but like it's pretty wild that they just did something in 1980 and like established a template that never changed in any sort of significant way ever you know what i mean yeah yeah for well, sure why is a lot more polished than this for sure right yes yeah, and I, I feel like that if i was going to pick one that's probably the one i would pick yeah i would say so as well because yeah. that's when they kind of arrive at well at least their classic form yeah for sure um i think that this my my thoughts about this were i, I like the rawness in this yeah. i like the transitional sort of sound with this and it's interesting that i have in, in, uh, a couple things about this list. I didn't know this list existed because I don't give a shit about lists. I just don't pay it that much attention to the history and the lore of a lot of things that maybe that makes, um, makes me a, a fucking poser. I don't fucking know. But like, I don't really give a shit about Pusset. Cool. Sure. You draw cool pictures. I don't give a shit beyond that. Right. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, so like, why would I care what Pusshead's favorite 100 records are? And why, you know, like, why would I even mm -hmm. think that something like that might exist? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I was unaware of this list. Really? And, yeah, That's I was. interesting. And, um, you know, I think that putting this as number one, I think I, when we saw you guys the other night, I said, is this like his preference or is this like in no particular order, the top 100? Um, because I certainly wouldn't put this as my number one yeah. release from the yeah. 80s. Sure. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it's very telling. And I think it's also very, um, it makes sense when you look at, you know, how Pusshead is usually like where Pusshead's work sort of shows up in punk rock. A lot of these bands make a ton of sense. Right. Yeah, and a sure. lot of his decisions make a ton of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, agreed. But this release in particular, I like this seven inch a lot. I do like why better because it's just a little more polished and it's what I think of when I think about discharge. Yeah. And if we're going on, you know, like pitting this, pitting this, this band or you know this particular record or whatever up against something else. Um, I, it's hard to separate the quality of a seven inch or the quality of a recording from the overall importance of a band. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. True. Right. And it's really hard to, it's really hard to overstate the impact that discharge has had. Yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. it's, I would say that band has kind of like become a, a meme 
me in the yeah. last like 10 years, which is, you know, something I kind of despise. Cause like some of my favorite bands have become memes. Like I love like dystopia and like the fact that that band's kind of now just like, Oh, the corn, the corn band. Right. And it's like, okay, cool, man. Like, I don't know. I fucking like it. Same thing with like DB and discharge. It's like, I fucking love discharge. Like this doesn't well, have to be a goofy thing. Right. Right. And, and, and you're right. I think that there's a, there's a bunch on here that Gray and I had mentioned that, you know, I think now today just kind of get overlooked, but you got to remember this list was made in 1980 when or a lot of these, or 1990, pardon me. When a lot of these bands were, you know, within half a decade of the height of their power. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. And it hadn't, these forms hadn't been ground to dust and rehashed and sort of chopped up and mixed with other things to the point of, you know, uh, I guess nauseousness. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I kind of, I kind of, D beat was really big for me 20 years ago. Loved it. Now it's really got to be good for me to pay that much attention to it. But, um, I, I, I will never, I will never undersell discharge. Yeah, period. for sure. Yeah. What did you True. think of the, the accused? Cause that was one that I, I know these guys weren't that familiar with going into, uh, listening to this list. I was maybe a little more familiar with it. Yeah. So, so I was always familiar with the accused, like more in passing than I was like having, you know, more than I ever gave them like a a real serious, like sit down and listen. And it's probably been well over a decade since I've actively listened to them because I feel like they were a band that I got into early when I was like very, when I was initially starting my journey into like actively seeking out classic, like hardcore and crossover and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and this record is so much better than I remembered it being. It's like, I would say, even though this likely wouldn't exist without discharge, it kind of takes that, that core formula and adds like really competent, like surprisingly competent metal chops, like turns up the volume and the speed and the intensity on this. Like there are straight up like mosh parts on this record, like hard riffs, you know? I think that this like actually is a way more competent and compelling blend of like metal and hardcore than a lot of early bands trying the same thing. Like I think this smokes DRI easily. Um, easily. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this kind of smokes suicidal tendencies. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, the first suicidal tendencies record is one of my favorites of all time. Yeah. But it's like musically, it's shitty. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And like, uh, I, this, if this came out like today, it sounds surprisingly contemporary. Like That's it sounds, cla- it sounds classic on one hand, but like this absolutely feels like very much fully realized to me. I also was curious and we'll talk about Chromax later on this, but I feel like this is maybe like kind of a template, like a part of the template for Chromax. Yeah, I can I can see that. Jake, you have a a take on Chromags, or no? I'm thinking of a Diasa front. What the fuck am I? Th- yeah, sorry, we, we can we can up. talk we can talk on that. Um, I think it with this, it's mostly just that they had like the same influences. I don't know if the Chromags would have been aware of this band, but I don't know. Like Harley always cites like Motorhead, Venom, yeah. and yeah. Discharge, and then the Bad yeah. Brains as his biggest influences, and this is probably roughly the same array of influences except you know maybe they were more into minor threat or something i could hear that but uh yeah it's it's really really good i i I like your point about it sounding contemporary because i think that's true i think that's way more true for them than like 
honestly like any other like crossover band i can think of even the ones yeah. i really like do sound dated mm-hmm. and this one it kind of doesn't for sure yeah this is this is a band that i feel like you know they could like release something on roach leg and everybody would be big up in them type of thing now you know yeah, yeah. i think the vocals also kind of stand out too um, oh for sure yeah, the yeah, vocals yeah, yeah. Are who, what's his who's the blaine, blaine blaine cook, cook. from the farts, the farts. I believe. yeah and the farts yeah, yeah. are great too, man. I fucking I know the farts are on this list as well. This world fucking mm-hmm. stinks. And uh we listened we listened to them on like a recent Patreon episode mm-hmm. that we did where yeah. I was, we were talking about underrated bands of the eighties and I, I brought them to the table. I fucking love that band. Yeah. What did, uh, what did they lose like, to? Dead Kennedys beat them oh, in the first uh, round, I think. Yeah. Yeah, well that's no brainer. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, th- this, this EP fucking rips, right? I mean, the accused are kind of slept on nowadays for sure. Yeah. It's, it's like super early crossover. Um, you know, yeah, this record, this record fucking rips and it is a fucking sleeper. And to get back to the vocals, it really reminds me of Chris Herber with H 100s. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like a lot of that. Yeah. It's just, it's so fucking manic and it's so fucking snotty and over the top. Um, it just sounds really, really fucking like just manic and crazy. And it just totally reminds me of H 100s at time. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that for sure. And, um, you know, interestingly, the guitar player in this one on the form grunt truck, grunt truck, the only, they, they were, um, uh, a grunge band that I only know of because they were on an episode of Beavis and Butthead. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we were 93. Okay. Um, but I revisited them. I was like, Oh, that dude was in grunge truck. I remember that video. Unbelievable. Like they're trying, I mean, it's, it's early grunge. Mm-hmm. It sounds, it's not very good. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's a, it's a B tier sound garden. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, and then their second release. Yeah. Seriously sounds like something you would hear on like hard rock radio in the Midwest. Hell yeah. I'm have <laughs> awesome. to check that out. That is that's sick. One of the worst band names I think I've ever heard. It's, it's really bad. Yeah, it's, it's a terrible band name. <laughs> Grunt Truck. Grunt. Yeah. What the fuck? Jesus Christ. So, how do you boys feel about this? I mean, yeah. We, I mean, if uh, I think it's great. Uh, Q's, again, Q's slept on band. I think absolutely. Um, I, the, the fucking court, just, just the chorus of Martha Splatterhead mm-hmm. is like so sick. Yeah. Like, for sure. They have like, really good like songwriting the songs are all kind of different a little bit too um this this is a really this is one of those things i believe all these songs also just for our listeners appear on the return of martha splatterhead yeah 87 it's a 12 inch yeah yeah it's like the third full length yeah um i think we're probably good to vote in a minute but the last thing i was going to say is uh i like gray the thing you said about it this them creating a template that they stuck with this is really like that the first like fully formed not fully developed but fully formed like iteration of that template and it's just it's fascinating to hear it in like its most stripped down bare bones like literally like the guitars sound kind of skeletal and jangly form and I, yeah. I think it's pretty special in that way his vocals are good um only point i would make about the accused sort of against them is I, I haven't read the lyrics but they don't seem like there's really anything to them that i care about particularly apparently um, there's lyrics about martha splatterhead killing rapists and pedophiles okay okay that is pretty cool yeah but with, with discharge that's a band where i'm definitely going to factor their lyrics into my decision making uh, sure. because I, I think they're just brilliant lyrically but yeah, we should uh, we should just get to it. Let's do it. Okay. Ready? Are we gonna say the band name or the release name? The band name. Band okay. Name. Cool. All right. All right. So, three, two, one. The accused. <laughs> 
Damn. So who, what, how, how did no. it split up? You guys both voted for discharge, right? No, I, and, I, I, I voted. voted. I voted for accused. He voted for I discharge. I voted for discharge. Me and oh. Nate voted for discharge. So that goes to the accused, which is <laughs> a massive upset. Wow. And I, I, my, my, my reasoning for that is like I'm trying, I'm trying to divorce what I'm listening to from like their cultural impact. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like I'm just I, yes. like, what that's do, what what do I think listening to more on this go round? You know what I mean? So yeah, I yeah, that's separate the cultural impact from discharge. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, yeah, I, I could for a lot of these I couldn't do that. I, I would say that, and like some of them. I just have like a person. Well, I will have like a personal bi- like bias towards. Um, yeah. Like later, Gizm, we're going to talk about uh, detestation, and it's like, sure. no offense, but like that's one of my favorite like Japanese hardcore records. One of my favorite it's records. Favorite Japanese hardcore. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's just like it's hard for me. Like I, I have an actual history, and someone that maybe doesn't like, I can see them voting for something else. But right, so yeah. yes, uh, I always try and factor yeah. that. But yeah, I, I kind of do. I've been doing what you did gray just like kind of like record to record yeah I, I, i've been doing that too and like kind of not just like treating it like oh it's discharge but at the end of the day it has like my favorite guitar solo maybe ever on you take part in creating the system that one with three notes in it it's like probably, yeah. i don't know it's like three seconds long and uh yeah the lyrics swayed me a little bit too but um okay what's uh what's the next one tim next matchup is uh, number 16, Sick of It All's Blood, Sweat, and No Tears uh, full length versus number 48, Social Distortions Mainliner Playpen uh, single. Single, yes. Hell of a matchup. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah very evenly matched. <laughs> We're going to save this for our uh, next Zoom session. Or get <laughs> yeah, cut off in the mid- yeah let's, uh, let's resume this. Let's do another Zoom session and then... Well, I mean... I don't know. Let's be honest here. I've already stated my case on social distortion. I don't, I did not want this record to continue forward. Uh-huh. Um, but here it is. I would like to potentially, if they'd like to leave Nate and gray, a little, a little bit of time to give their opinions on social distortion. Cause I'm really curious <laughs> what they think about that. band. You know, I've got, surprisingly, I have opinions on social oh, distortion. So. Yeah. That might that might come as a shock. Man. Yeah. <laughs> let's yeah, let's uh let's refresh this. Yeah. And then right. we'll just yeah. resume. Just right think there. about Mike Ness while we're in the interview. Yeah, I put my email in the chat so you can just email. Hey folks, Tyler Hammer here. And I'm here to talk to you about Shirley Road Records. Yes, you've probably heard of them before on our podcast. But I'm here to tell you right now, our listener, they have two new releases available for purchase and I suggest that you listen to them the first one is New Jersey's Emetic uh, past guest Trevor Payson this is his first ever band and their demo was recently remastered and remixed for your listening pleasure or maybe displeasure if you're not a fan of brutal you know thuggish kind of hardcore knuckle dragging kind of shit that you know only comes from the minds of aspiring young people like someone from New Jersey. Really good stuff. Recommend you listen to it. As well as almost maybe the opposite of that. 
Van Clout Chaser with their album, This Is Real Math Rock. Now you might be thinking, math rock. Do I have to do equations? Do I have to solve for X? What is two plus two? Don't worry. I, I really don't think you're gonna have to do that with this stuff because this is, you know, I think pretty well-crafted songwriting here. Uh, there's not a lot of crazy noodly stuff. This is solid instrumental drum and guitar math rock, you know. Maybe Hella, if you're fans of Hella. Maybe not as uh, complex or as, uh, you know, mind-bending. Uh, they have a sense of humor to them, too, uh, that I, I do appreciate. And I think anyone that, like, maybe avoids math rock, maybe this kind of stuff, should definitely listen to Cloud Chasers' This Is Real Math Rock album. Now, you can get both of them at ShirleyRoadRecords.com. Use promo code K-O-P-P-O-D-10 to get 10% off your order. If you want to listen to it, let's say, oh, Tyler, you're bullshitting me. I think this stuff probably sucks. You, you know, don't don't listen to me. Go to shirleyrollrecords.bandcamp.com and listen to it. Stream all the digital releases that uh, CJ has put out over there at Shirley Road Records. And while you're at shirleyrollrecords.com, pick something up. Put something from To Live a Lie Records, Horror, Gore, Pain, Death, uh, No Time Records. One of the many items that CJ has in his disc show, put that in. Get those two releases. You know, send them your money. He deserves it. I think he's done a really good job. And these two releases especially are some of the best stuff that he's put out recently. And like I said, you may not be a fan of stuff, but I think you'll enjoy it. Thanks for listening, folks. Take it easy. Yeah. All right. We are. Okay. We're back, folks. Sorry about that. We had to donate money to big tech so that they could censor conservatives. But uh, <laughs> we're back and we're talking about the uh, sick of it all. Blood, sweat, and no tears LP, which is matched up against the social distortion playpen single. And I'm excited to hear uh, Gray and Nate's opinions of the band social distortion, which is uh, I think there's a lot of material there to discuss potentially. <laughs> Uh, so, so like I said before, I actually have some feelings about social distortion and it, it's, it, I, I will not be long winded on this, but I will say that I think this single and mommy's little monster are actually like pretty, pretty impressive examples of early American punk. Agreed. Uh, I think they're genuinely like excellent. Uh, and then they never did anything good ever again. And you have to wrestle with that. It's like, well, Nate, you and I talked about it. Like, I don't know if we were talking about it on the show or if we were talking about it just, uh, in, in a personal conversation, but there are certain bands whose like legacy is so bad that even if their early material is like right. unbelievably incredible, yeah. you could never, you could never actively represent the fact that you enjoy that because yeah. there's no way to just like to, to divorce those two things from one another. And that's like social, social D for oh, me. Oh, like, Oh, for sure. Like I fucking love mommy's little monster, but I will never talk to anybody about social distortion. I will never advertise that. I like that band. Like it just won't happen. No, no, I, I, this is this EP fine. Yeah. Right. They're pretty much they're important for basically establishing an entire subgenre of fucking punk yep. that I largely hate for sure. Yes. Mike Ness is the patron saint of like the Johnny cash bar punk scene. Yes. Which can fucking die in a great white concert. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. I just, I, I can't, I can't handle, I can't handle, uh, 
people that really like stand for social distortion for sure because yeah. we fund we have fundamental differences in what we actually like yeah like not just punk rock yes right, right? yeah we we are probably two very different people. we are very <laughs> different people right it, yeah. it, it, it almost borders on bizarro universe shit yeah for sure right and that's that's how it always was like when i was younger you know the kids that always wore the sd shirts and the fucking and, and like rep that shit they were smoking cloves and they always thought themselves maybe um a little more uh i guess um uh intellectual sure yeah right right than uh, just like the hardcore and the punk kids and stuff. Yeah. And um, I don't know. And, and nowadays, I, I don't think, you know, intellectual. When I, when, I, when I see this, I just think slick back fucking pompadours. Yes. Wife beaters. Fucking old Guy school. Guy owns a barbershop. Guy owns a barbershop <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. or old school tattoos. And just like your entire social, your, your entire sort of like... Um, uh, social experience revolves around some shitty fucking bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right? The, the flames on a, a man's dragonfly bowling shirt uh, yeah. grew yeah. out of control and engulfed the uh, social distortion convention. In, yeah. Uh, <laughs> great yeah. white style uh, situation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just can't. I still like this EP is fine. Musically, it's fine, but I never listened to Social Distortion. Yeah, yeah. I will re I will revisit the LP from this era on occasion. Uh, but dude, putting this up against Sick of It All is is it's not a it's not a fair matchup. I'll say that. Yeah. What What are you guys is like history with or thoughts on this Sick of It All record? Like, I mean, I, obviously it's like a, a standard of sorts, but yeah, right. So so I don't really. I, I, I think I on our weekly show I've even been very upfront about it. I don't really like a lot of New York hardcore. Sure, yeah. Except mm -hmm. the early the early era stuff, right? Yeah. But this era of New York hardcore. Yeah. Um, this particular record still has like the speed mm -hmm. of victim and pain. Yeah. Right. And it's raw and it doesn't have a ton of the fucking bounce. Yeah, not at all, actually. And one of the things that really turns me off about New York hardcore is the fucking like like okay, hardcore in general, right, yeah. is notoriously and classically just like macho and testosterone, sure. right? Male angst. Yeah. But the bands that I really like are not fucking boastful about it. Yeah. They're just angry. Right. Yeah. Right. And I hate the boasting aspect of so many of like the bands that I associate with New York hardcore. Yeah. I just can't stand it. Right. Like sure. the glorification of being a fucking badass, the glorification of like walking these streets. Yeah. Fuck you. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we were, we played with this band. I don't want to, we played with a band from Albany and <laughs> like, they're like, I don't know, like they sounded fine, yeah. but like, it sounded like irate. They kind of sound like irate. <laughs> the, they had a, the, the guitar player had an irate shirt on. Okay. And, but like, I forgot what he said. Like, I rate that band very highly. Uh, <laughs> at the end, like, the singer's just like, yeah, suck my dick. And they're just like, really, like, it's that tough guy, like, swagger. And it's just like, dude, we're like at a fucking show, man. Like, we're having fun. Like, yeah. <laughs> and we played just before them when we were, we were like, the, like, we are very not like, like that at all. So yeah. it was one yeah, of the things yeah. where it's, yeah, I just like I like the I kind of like I could like the music, but it's just like that kind of attitude to say nothing of the like crew component, which they were also very uh, upfront about. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. This this lacks a lot of that for me, which endears it to me as well. 
I think that this, this for me also musically kind of like makes good on the promise of a band, like a, a band like Warzone. Uh, where like it takes the best elements of something like that and totally trims the fat and hones in like this kind of arrives at what I think of as sort of like the modern iteration of like no modifier hardcore. Like this is just hardcore. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like no modifier. It's not super bouncy. It's not super street. It's not youth crew. It's not crossover. Like this is just straight up like good hardcore yeah. short fast the short parts. songs too yeah the songs and, and like eight yeah. of those songs are written in 86 yeah for sure right so like it's like half of the half of this record is the demo yeah yeah just re-recorded so it still has that uh, you know that that faster just straightforward aspect to it to it yeah um and uh it doesn't really it, it doesn't linger that much in the um chest bumping bullshit yeah um that comes around later there's really only a couple like I, I like this sick of it all record i like scratch the surface because it's got some real fucking bangers on it i like the first three basically yeah yeah and just look around and, and, you know yeah i just don't i if i'm gonna if i'm gonna listen to sick of it all it's usually a few tracks off scratch the surface mm -hmm. um and then blood sweat and no tears yeah for sure i agree I'm, I'm pretty much in that in that same in that same camp and i think more than anything this band has been has been kind of hurt by their longevity strangely there's a lot of bands that have been hurt by their longevity yeah because yeah. like this you know they i feel like they kind of fall into like the af or madball category with that where like they've continued to put out records to varying degrees of quality and they still are a great live band but they've been reduced to sort of this like hardcore legacy act whereas if they had just put out a few records and then called it quits i think that this band would be remembered and like spoken about with the same reverence as as other bands from that era whereas now they're just sort of they're like taken as like a you they're taken for granted and, and take it as a given like you have been there's never been a time over the past like 30 years where you couldn't see sick of it all you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. yeah, yeah I think it, it's like they could ride the same wave we, we said this about a bunch of like like af you said af yeah. there's a bunch of them like negative approach did it fucking right yeah you know, because they don't play, you know, they don't, they don't have any new songs. Yes. Yeah. yeah and then they play sure. the fucking songs that everybody fucking loves. Right. Yeah. And they can tour on a record that is, they, they can tour a material that is now, you know, 40, 40 years, years old. Yeah. 40 years old. Well, yeah. One last remark on that point, because it sort of got me thinking, I think if uh, sick of it all, like just did this record, all my like mm -hmm. punk rock friends from back in the day and even currently uh, wouldn't, they would like this record too, rather than being like, no, nah, I'm not going to listen to that because mm -hmm. they know of it through what you're talking about, like playing the hardcore circuit, which is uh, right. sort of insular and has a lot of baggage. So yeah. I think we're good to vote in a second yeah. if you want. Already. I'm, I'm good. Uh, I mean, I wonder what it's going to be guys. Uh, <laughs> three, two, one. Sick of it all. <laughs> that's funny <laughs> i like i don't i like both those social distortion songs they're they really are really catchy. good they are really they're, good they're good catchy songs they i are. just don't like social distortion yeah <laughs> i and i do but putting this up against like one of the best hardcore records of its era is uh 
doesn't seem like a is fair. Pro- bet, is Prong Prong no, still in this no, or no? That no, was the Prong one that. Uh, that's my favorite New York Cardinal. Tim fan. Tim was really right <laughs> for Prong. Yeah, it's a good record. Yeah, so you know, that's next? another New York fan that didn't make this list that blew me away. It was Reagan Youth. Yeah, I know, right? What yeah. the fuck is Reagan? Yeah. It's not on this list. Yeah, it's mind there, barred, right? There are like, head. yeah, what a fucking <laughs> bunch of stuff. Yeah, like, there's no why die or yeah, uh, raw yeah, power. Yeah. It's like where where's this? Yeah, there's no like, there's no Italian band. Raw power was the most surprising. CCM. One for me. It's obvious he doesn't like youth group. Yes, um, <laughs> very obvious. Yeah, yeah, which is damn it. Yeah, because I was just thinking. I think I was thinking about the uh, underdog. Is the only youth crew band on the list well and underdog's not even like a youth crew band yeah, they're but just kind of like adjacent, adjacent to that scene yeah. yeah do you think that he doesn't like because i know he's straight edge or he was straight edge at some point yeah. it could have been like maybe a thing where he's like yeah i like straight edge but like they're kind of this kind of movement is like rubbing me the wrong way maybe, maybe. I, I i get that sure maybe well let's uh move on next uh round up tim Next round. Next matchup. Number eight, Rudimentary Peni's self-titled EP <laughs> going up against number 25, Negative Approaches self-titled EP. Mm, I yeah. wonder. Yeah. Yes. What, is, what, is, what do you <laughs> chuck like about it? I'm curious. Um, okay. So if, if, if I had to pick a single band, not just hardcore band, that I could say is probably my favorite band, it's Negative Approach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is... This... This is easily one of my top three records of all time. Yeah. Um, the, the the negative approach that you can't fuck with this. This this EP has, in my opinion, the greatest hardcore song of all time on it, which is nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Um, this record, every single track is distinct, but has a memorable fucking riff and hook. Yeah. Every single track cements itself in your fucking brain, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's. It's a complete package. This this record this record absolutely encapsulates to me the essence of fucking American hardcore. Yeah, it, it is it is a perfect hardcore record, and I, I don't even think this is a contest. And that's not to say anything bad about rudimentary peni, but I, I personally, if you, I feel like if someone were to choose rudimentary peni over NA in this example, we have fundamental differences in like the the brand of hardcore that we like or the brand of punk that we like. I know. I know one person personally that would definitely choose. <laughs> and yes, I mean, it's mostly because they do not like NA. And I remember like they love like early eighties, hardcore stuff, especially America. Cause I'm the American stuff. And then like, I remember just them being like, yeah, and he sucks. And it's like, I, that is just like, I mean, I, you're wrong. I, you yeah. just like shattered my brain stuff. I've told you about this, but I'm not going to okay, name. I don't want to name. Later. I don't want to. Well, they're wrong them. for saying that. <laughs> they are I, wrong for so, saying like, I mean, like, go ahead. I don't mean to cut you off. I, I, I interject all the time. I like how I was, cause I've been listening to this a bunch. I used to be an LP, like negative approach LP guy mm-hmm. and never really listened to seven inch. I think like listen to ax to grind they, them talking about, I was like, gosh, you revisit the seven inch. And like, this is now my favorite NA stuff. And I like how, there are no songs that use uh like a four count on like the drums i'm pre- i'm like pretty sure none of the songs have like a to come in and that that's being really autistic and nitpicky on my on my side um you prefer to have uh john brandon count off i'd rather have him count off or 
like guitars kind of come in. The, the, the like one, two, three, one, two, three, four at the beginning. You can't tell no one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's I that's it. basically part of the lyrics. You can't even cover yeah. that song without saying that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> I, one thing I was going to note is just I'm in agreement with everything that's been said here. I do love that rudimentary PNI record. And one thing that came to mind to me for me with this matchup is that for Pusshead, he was actually buying all these records and like holding them in his hands rather than just assessing the music. Right. Right. I, I got to say, looking at the art on that record, oh, especially yeah. in 1981, I could absolutely see why that would sway someone towards that and away from negative approach. So, so but we didn't do that. That's it. It's like the, that, that, that was my, that's my thoughts about rudimentary PNI too, is like, it is a much more creative and artistic, I guess, artistic vision. Yeah. But that, you know, to me, uh, rudimentary peni is all about blinko yeah um you know those tracks without blinko on them don't really get stuck in your head they don't really for me anyway really get me going it's not i think until the third track in this ep that that like rudimentary peni even bears its fangs yeah yeah for yeah. sure right and and and, and, I, and i was like i was saying beforehand i think the 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 following seven inch farce or following ep farce is is my favorite rudimentary peni material as well so like this isn't even the rudimentary peni that i would submit to my to my list right um but yeah, I would I would agree that aesthetically there's no contest here. And I would say even I would go so far as to even say that I think that the negative approach seven inch art just straight up isn't very cool. No, it's not it's not very mad. It's it's not very um, I guess inspired. Yeah, it's 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 not iconic. And also like it's remarkably it's remarkably um close to when that film actually yes. came out. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, it is. It's, it's like really if funny. you used something Thanos. off of the conjuring, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not it's not even cool at that no, time no and it's not cool today like no. I, I i i do agree with that 100 percent. i think that i think that blinko is fucking awesome um and you know in the same way like like the shit that he does and the lyric his lyrics are fucking genius yep, for sure and his delivery is fucking incredible it's it's it, it foretells i mean what you hear on like you know gizm sure yeah, yeah a lot that's of Japanese what i said stuff. yeah right yeah um but there's when you talk about the total package mm -hmm. and we look at like the the legacy the fucking the, the music itself yeah there's no fucking comparison here i mean I, I i don't i don't say this lightly because i scoff at the idea when people talk about like important recording artists and shit like that mm -hmm. but i genuinely think that the negative approach ep is one of the most important pieces of american music i agree for sure yeah, yeah I, I i won't even repeat what anything that you said because i i am in total concurrence and on every point and i think uh depending on what day you catch me negative approach is straight up my favorite band of all time certainly one of if not the most formative band of of my early years um so i'll just talk on rudimentary peni real quick i i think this band definitely deserves better than to be a back patch on like a crust punk vest um i this is like deconstructive in a way that is really interesting it's it's more post-punk or no wave at times than it is like anarcho-punk it has more to do with that than it does i think a lot of their contemporaries on in the, like the crass record scenes scene and stuff um super formative band for me as well in a very different way than negative approach was um and and i agree entirely that like nick blinko gives this band it's it's visual and musical identity in pretty much every way so i don't want to i don't i don't want to come off like i'm low rating rudimentary peanut here because i i really really enjoy that band but putting it up against 
against NA for me is just like a, you could put any, any band against NA and it would always be the same yeah. answer. Yeah. yeah. It's, they, I will say this depending on who the guests we have in the future. I, I mean, the NA seven inch, I think maybe we mentioned this. It's like top four. Like it's, it's going to probably get to the end. If not, maybe mm-hmm. one of the, one of the ends kind of yeah. happened with, uh, when we did the slap a hand, uh, challenge last year, it's like no uh, crossed out discography. It's like, I mean, yeah, of course. Like, yeah. yeah sure. Fucking discography is like, well, that, that sounds like a fun and interesting matchup. I'll have to listen to that. Yeah. 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 That, that, that was, that was a fun, a lot of some of those slap hand releases were just like too fucking long. And also that some of them were just like some super stupid. Super yeah, there's, really there's a good bit of throwaway shit on there. Yes. I agree. But the seven inches splits that are like, like the, MDC capitalist casualties. No, I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking like the gob, um, oh, when the Wink, uh, Wink Martindale, Martindale. Yeah. split, that is like, yeah. <laughs> it just really just a funny kind of bullshit, you know, seven inch, but, um, let's, yeah. let's get to it. Uh, three, two, one negative, negative approach. I thought that was going to be a tough one for me, to be honest. And then I listened to both of them and I was like, oh, no, no, it's not actually. As a matter of fact, um, it's actually really easy. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Rudimentary P9. There's a cut. It's like it's a great record. I do think it's some of my favorite stuff by them, but it drags a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the negative approach one just doesn't drag at all. And as you said, Nate, every single song is a track. So yeah. you can't say that about very many records. I, I'll say I, I could probably still play every song on that NA seven inch from memory. NA is the only band that I could play a cover set without practice. Yeah, exactly. I could. Yeah. I, I can pick up a guitar and just go straight to those songs. Have you, have you guys heard the um, Grand Bilal's key cover of uh, can't tell no one? I actually have not. Dude, <laughs> it fucking it rules. Yeah, it's great. It's Hell like yeah. the best NA cover like ever. It's so fucking good. Sick. Next, uh, uh, next round. This is a good. This is a good one. We got number yeah. nine, Jerry's Kids. Is this my world going up against number forty-one, English Dogs to the ends of the earth? Mm. Yeah. So. So uh, I hadn't revisited English Dogs in a long time. I think that this is a really underrated band in release as far as like mm-hmm. UK new stuff goes. Um, I, I think it's like some of the more competent metal edge D beat of this particular era. And it works really, really well on all fronts. It, it's a ripping record. It's way heavier than you would probably imagine it might be. Um, I would be interested... I would be interested to know how much influence this wielded on like the, the coming crossover and thrash stuff in like the following years. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the melodic noodly flourishes maybe don't work as well, but it does still foretell like a lot of the crossover that was coming. And like, I, I think the only reason that this isn't discussed by people who enjoy hardcore and, and crossover and thrash and stuff is just because of like how this presents. I think totally. there's a few, there's a few instances of that on this, like mm-hmm. bands that are lumped in as, you know, Oh, this is a crust punk band. This is a peace punk band or whatever. It's just like to my ear, this is clearly hardcore music and so much of the distinction is just is drawn along social and aesthetic lines it's like if these dudes didn't have charged hair you know what i mean if they were from seattle everyone would be like oh they're a sick fucking seattle like hardcore like crossover band Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i think 
I think it's, it's kind of a no brainer and like, it's, it feels very arbitrary how we draw those social lines. Cause this is just like ripping crossover hardcore to me. Yeah. I, I have, you know, I have kind of put, you know, English dogs in the back pocket for a, since the nineties for yeah. a very long time. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, basically since, you know, you go to shows and you, everybody be wearing a fucking painted, you know, leather jacket, sure, with, yeah. you know, a conflict logo and then English dogs patch somewhere on it. Yeah, right? sure. Um, so it's been a long fucking time since I've really went back and listened to English dogs. This record is much more metal than the previous output. Yeah. Than sure. Like, yeah. you know, the, the, the LP before this, mm-hmm. which I think is like the original vocalist last record with them. I think that's true. Is yeah. much different than this. This yeah. record is, this record is essentially a metal record. Yeah. 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 Um, the amount of shredding, like yeah. just yeah. lead guitar shredding on this. Do you guys like, like solos and stuff like that? Uh, if big champions do them for sure. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I do. If it's, I do, if it's done in the right, spirit for sure. here's the thing there's a lot of we talk we've talked about this before on our show but like there's a lot of bands from this era that you know playing heavy metal is their goal yeah but they just don't have the chops to do it early yeah. on and hardcore and punk is the popular thing um and it's the egalitarian easy thing to do yeah but then they decide let's play you know hard rock let's play heavy metal and you know some of them go down in flames some of them come up with something that's really good for maybe the wrong reasons um and in those instances, there's like, like all the solos on break it up. Yeah. Holy shit. Right. Yes. I mean, it's, it's endless yeah. and they rule, but not for the reason that I think that the, what, that's not the intent. Right. I like yeah. it for the opposite reason. The solos on this, I think fucking slay. Yeah. Um, by and large, like, like, uh, the chase is on is a fucking banger. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, this record, I, 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 this record, it was good to go back and listen to English dogs again and sort of like, oh shit. So I'm probably going to listen to them tomorrow at work actually. But I think that kind of like what Grace said, but also I think English dogs, I think that the impact of this record is diluted because they have such like a much larger discography mm-hmm. than well, certainly than Jerry's kids. Yeah, for sure. Right. Oh, like yeah. Jerry's kids just has like basically one standout release that yeah. is, is timeless. Yeah. Right. Yep. Whereas this record, you know, yeah, it's fucking great, but they, they did a lot more after that too. And For so, sure. so, you know, it kind of gets lost in, in the overall uh, discography of this band. Yeah. I will note the record. If you want to revisit them forward into battle, the one after this is just as good. Those, yeah. those, so they do have a lot of good material, but, um, did they, uh, I don't think they really drew a good hand here in terms of who they are up against, yeah, in my opinion. And um, I agree. The Jerry's Kids discography is interesting because it's like they got the comp, the this is Boston, not a like comp tracks, which mm-hmm. very good, yeah, but um, it, it didn't sound very fully developed by that point, like what yeah. they would become, mm-hmm. exactly. It's like, uh, just it's this is pretty good, but then it's like they got this LP, and it's like this is like a top 10, like hardcore lps for me oh yeah yeah for sure this is a as i my notes just say this is a definitive u.s hardcore record yes if you compare this to other re- hardcore records of the era like mm-hmm. we could say okay let's let's think about boston detroit you know um anything coming out of california and you know dc yeah right this is distinctly different for sure right? this is yeah. bright and it's splashy and it's super fast and it's super fucking manic whereas like na is stompy and fucking you know grounded in oi and super angry yeah right and much and, and just sort of like um has a much more um i guess um 
like venomous mm-hmm. sort of anger to it. Yeah. And, and, and this record is just completely fucking manic. Yep. For sure. I, I would say, I think this is objectively like the best band out of the Boston scene in terms of just like sheer chops playing ability, uh, like songwriting and, and depending on the day, like this is probably my favorite record from that wave of stuff. Um, I think the slow burners on this record are also like two of the best from that era. Mm. Like raise the curtain obviously is always big up and like his heroes gone covered it and mm-hmm. shit, but lost is maybe even like a better slow burner than raise the curtain. Like it's fucking, Oh my God, it's so good. And I think interestingly too, like, you know, all of those Boston bands, a lot of them did like the hard rock pivot and they all cited and were very unabashed about their love of like big riff, like stadium seventies rock stuff but i think that jerry's kids uh channels that influence most effectively even if it's not the most obvious like you can tell in a lot of these chord progressions and shit like they definitely love 70s rock but they're playing at such a frenetic pace that it maybe wouldn't be obvious upon first listen you know what i mean um but i think this is probably i'm with you tyler i think and and you nate like I think that this is one of the most timeless and iconic records of like first wave U.S. hardcore period. And look at how this stuff resurfaces in the early aughts. Oh yeah, with like government government warning and like all those bands, all that stuff, right? For sure, yeah. And And side, I think uh, just like they have like really great like hooks, and like that's something that I've like over the years I've like didn't think I thought I always thought myself as like maybe more in. I liked intricate songwriting a little bit more last, like, especially hanging with you more, Jake, like the idea of just like a fucking catchy chorus that I can sing along yep. to is like so timeless. And like this album has like so many of them. So I mean, many dude, build me a bomb. I don't belong yeah. here. Vietnam syndrome. Like yeah. I can crucify me. Crucify yep. me. Yep. Dude. Yeah, man. Oh it's like, Holy, f- and, and that's part of what I'm talking about too, with like just like the classic either 70s rock or like classic rock and roll influence yep. here is like these songs, and we talk about it on Demolition all the time, but these, this is just like sped up hyper fast, hyper frenetic rock and roll, basically, which yeah. I think really works to its advantage, you know? And uh, for those that don't know, on this tour, we, we actually covered uh, I Don't Belong Here. You yeah, did. It's fun. Uh, it's fun. Head. So, I mean, it was, it was, one, it was just, it was an easy, easy decision to pick that song for sure in a, in a sea of covers we could possibly do. Yeah. So let's, let's do this. Let's do this. Uh, three, two, one. Jerry's kids. again and like every and i was i forgot who i was saying this to but like if you took these this these 32 records it's 32 right yeah Yeah, in this round yeah if you told like a kid that wanted to get into like 80s hardcore if you gave them like all these records that is a i think a very good list a lot of like different kind of stuff yeah 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 by and large i mean if if you were just gonna say okay can you turn me on to, you know, hard 80, 80s, 80s hardcore and punk in general? Yeah. Just point into this fucking list. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Right. Yeah. And let them run from there. Yep. There's some, obviously there's some, you know, in, in my opinion, some notable exclusions. Sure. 
but the, if 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 they like what they hear and they follow through, they'll find it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah. This this leads to this lead this would lead to everything that you don't know, but also would lead like a younger kid to something that like they wouldn't know, like like maybe like a BGK or something like that. Sure. Mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. 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 What's up next, Tim? For our next matchup, we got number four, Minor Threats Filler EP going up against number 100, Leeway's Born to Expire full length. Right. This was an unfortunate matchup for me because I fucking love Born to Expire and it just had like the, just had the misfortune of, of being up against Filler, you know? Yeah. Um, because I, I would say Born to Expire is, is maybe one of my all time favorite records, even though the follow up Desperate Measures may have taken the, the top spot on Leeway Records for me. But this is another like hyper formative record for me. I mean, it's, I think Rise and Fall into Mark of the Squealer is like one of the strongest one two opening punches of like any heavy record ever um i mean the intro the intro riff alone of this record is like up to cement it as a legendary record um it's i mean it's and the whole record is just like anthrax as a hardcore band exactly exactly i mean eddie louis he even sounds like joey belladonna yeah he's doing his best joey belladonna for sure um i think the one thing that that hurts this too other than it just being up against uh minor threat obviously is that this is this record is like four songs too long um like you could probably replace like tools for war with unexpected the last track and then you got four songs on each side um they both come in at like 14 minutes a piece you got a 28 minute long like perfect crossover record but there is there's some filler on this even though desperate measures the follow-up from 91 is a longer record and has less songs it like it feels a little bit um less disjointed than this because this like this comes in so strong in the opening half and then it kind of falls off a little bit like yeah I, I never think of like that last like three or four song stretch when i think of this record i typically think of like the opening six tracks you know um so one of my favorite records of all time i'm 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 not low rating this at all but you know we'll talk about minor threat when we get to it but i, I think an unfortunate matchup for sure you know <laughs> yeah i think this is a great fucking record if here's the thing though, there's, there's a lot of bands that like, I like a lot. Mm-hmm. And if I listen to them, yeah, I'll think, okay, I want to listen to this now instead. Sure. And every time I hear leeway, I just want to turn on anthrax. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I, you know, like this is, this is a stripped down hardcore version of anthrax, yeah. right? Those, some of those riffs are straight fucking Scotty and riffs. Yes. And as we said, you know, Joey Belladonna pops up all over this fucking record. Yeah, for sure. But this is this is a fucking banger, and it sounds fucking good. It sounds really good, right? Yeah. This is a fucking banger. Um, and I I bet for especially given sort of like the resurgence of crossover and this sort of stuff mm-hmm. in 2022. Yeah, that I wouldn't surprise me at all that there's a large group of kids and I, I, I kids hardcore kids in general. Sure, but especially younger. Yeah, where this easily steps all over minor threat oh for sure yeah oh, absolutely yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like because they're so far removed from they're so far removed from like by now it could be that like all you listen to mm-hmm. is triple b shit yeah for and sure all you listen to is that's your entire sort of like zeitgeist of hardcore right right yes and minor threat is just a shirt that you saw on a hot topic kid at fucking school right <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 right sure yeah. And, and that would it's 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 it doesn't even register as like uh, hardcore right yeah i would say definitely like in regards to, like this set this specific seven inch 
you know, I think like a mm-hmm. new kid, if they're going really, to, they're going to listen to like, you know, the discography or like just out of step, you know, more than that. And also like, I was going to bring up that, like the cover to born to expire is sick. It is it sick. Right? awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, it is iconic in a way, but I also would say the cover of filler is really fucking iconic too. iconic yeah like how many bands no, have ripped sure. that shit off you know well, and nike nike even used it as an ad campaign in like the really? 90s and got hilarious for it yeah 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 it is it is a super iconic just punk rock image right yeah yeah um so i feel weird. like to say to even talk about minor threat is like is uh like how much is how much can be said exactly that has been said a zillion yeah. times over like you know, you could easily make the argument one of the most important American like bands of all time in any genre, straight sure. up. We, we, yeah, it's it's this is as I said, NA that my favorite band of all time. This is right beside it for sure. Yeah. Like it, depending upon how I'm feeling, right? Yeah. Depending upon what um what kind of fucking angst I'm feeling, sure. Yeah, right? Yeah, right, right. Minor threat's gonna pull a nose ahead. Uh, 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 th- this EP is gonna pull a nose ahead against a negative approach EP. Yeah, for sure. Um, this, this is again. This is this is something that should, if you ask me, if it isn't already, I don't fucking know. It should be in the Library of Congress. Yeah, absolutely. This is this is a foundational recording of American music. I also want to say real quick too that like it's become obviously rote and tired at this point, and like you know straight edge as a concept is is about as fucking ate up and run into the ground as as anything in subculture can be but you know as much as we take that for granted now and it's like an easy eye roll uh talking about like alcohol and drugs being lame in the context of like any rock band let alone like a punk band in like 1980 81 right was like genuinely groundbreaking right like him being like yo this actually sucks like there's this this isn't very yeah. cool at all like the, the everything about this band was just so much more well developed than their contemporaries that going back and listening to it it never fails to sort of shock me when I take the time to step back and place it in the larger context culturally that it existed. You you know? We always say you will never write a better, you will never write a better EP than this. Yeah, for sure. You'll you, like, like those, some of these early hardcore records, you cannot possibly improve upon. Yeah. And, and all anybody has been doing since is trying to make something as good as this seven inch or as good as a negative approach EP. Yeah. Right. That's, that's all they've been trying to do since because it was a hole in one, like absolute fucking lightning in a bottle yep. with, from the, from the very beginning. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Uh, what's uh, let's vote. Okay. Three, two, one. Another sweep, double sweeps here. Devastating for some of these. Sorry, sorry. uh, No disrespect to Leeway. No disrespect to Eddie Leeway. He still has cancer, right? I believe so. Yeah. God, I think what you have, gonna, cancer, you always have cancer. Oh okay. well, yeah. But like, he's, we're going to release this episode and then he's going to like fucking die. Yeah, we're going to get the news. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't wish that upon him. I, don't, I hope that <laughs> No, does. I don't want him to die. You know, it's, but it's just like that old, we, we've, I, I hope he didn't curse him. You know, that's <laughs> sure. all, that's all I'm hoping. Dude, it was, it was sure. not some shit like earlier in the year where me and, uh, 
me and Tyler and our other buddy we were talking about the guy that Megaforce Records. Yeah, label. like, dude. Oh yeah, we were at and a then, show. Our buddy yeah. Brett from Who Decides just talking about Megaforce Records. Like, yeah, I just bought like I've been listening to a lot of Megaforce Records. Then like the next day, dude dies. The owner of Megaforce Records, Billy yeah. Milano. No, no, no. No. <laughs> no. I, I, well, no. I, I always, I guess, I always assumed that he was part of Megaforce. I don't know. No, no. He, he, he did have a lot of records on that right, label, though. Yeah, yeah. Like so. Mod, I think was a bunch SOD, of his records. Sod, right yeah. yeah. We've yeah. talked about uh, William Milano a lot on this podcast. When he dies, we're going to do a great episode, I'm sure. But, uh, oh, yeah, I can't yeah. wait. Uh, uh, Bobby Z, I think that's his okay. name. Johnny Z. Johnny Z. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, let's. Uh, what's the on? next one? Yeah. Billy Milano looks like he might have lost some weight, or maybe he's got cancer and diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> have you Have you seen the recent footage of like MOD? No, no. Or oh, dude, I saw the one too. I love, I love those MOD records. I saw MOD like well over ten years ago at this point, uh, with Madball and Shy Halud and Bitter End. Were they good? They were actually really good, but it sucked because I was like trying to get down and have a good time, and like everyone, everyone was there for like the hardcore bands except the people that were there for MOD. And I was the only person in my age bracket because this was in like 2008 or nine that gave a fuck about MOD. Uh, so it was just me and a bunch of like racist people. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a bummer too. Yeah, it was like, a bummer. Yeah. Those MOD records are pretty fucking fun. We uh-huh. used to play street hockey and just fucking listen to MOD and raining. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's move on here. Uh, next matchup. Number 13. DYS uh, Brotherhood full length going up against mm-hmm. number twenty antidotes. Thou shalt thou shalt not kill EP. Mm. Yeah. So this is the first one that I thought, oh boy, yeah, okay, yeah. Sure. yeah. I got to yeah. think about this. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, and this was, this was very close for me. Um, I agree. Yep. So Brotherhood, um, yeah, I mean. That fucking rules. We yeah. talked about this on a recent Patreon episode, right? Yes. We 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 talked we talked about the importance of this and and how great this record was, and we waxed on and fanned its balls for a while, and then we listened to the second record, yeah, and made fun of it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, like this this is pretty fucking undeniable, yes. right? Yeah, this is pretty fucking undeniable. I will say though, limits is a very dark portent of uh, of the upsetting musical musical yeah. direction that they would that they would take soon. Yeah. So that's that's a bit of a misstep on this record. I will also say the back half of this record is is good, like, but the first four songs mm-hmm. are like legendary and iconic. Well, right? Yeah, like, it's it's kind of like it grabs you out the gate, right? For sure, yeah, and then it, sure. it kind of loses you in the back half, mm-hmm. at, at least at least for for me. Um, and like you know, I don't know, like the last track even is just kind of like an inferior rehash of uh sheer terror by government issue mm-hmm. musically so so i think that had points against it um it's too long it's this a, record's too long this could have been a, a much better like five song ep and then it would be looked yep. at i think with the exact same degree of refer- reverence that people look at thou shalt not kill um no yeah, especially dude Oh, go ahead. Thou shalt not kill is just like what seven songs. Yeah, minutes. and and it's wall to wall bangers. You know yeah. what I mean. I, I despite the fact that Antidote has has recently um you know gotten bad press, um and no. the reunion tour did did not did not help them, and the fact that there are two Antidotes did not help them. It's something something about these New York hardcore bands, dude. They just they can't help but to like tarnish their own legacy. Um, I yeah, guess part of the bit. 
Yeah, it is. I mean, I guess that's what happens when like real life, like street motherfuckers <laughs> like start bands and like, you know, never exactly excise themselves from yeah. that world, you know, but, but this is, I will say maybe the best vocal performance of almost any first wave band period on this antidote? record. Yeah. Oh, for sure. We'll move on the antidote. Yeah. Like the vocal performance, but everything sounds fucking better on this record. Yeah, this record sounds yeah. so fucking good. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, the songwriting is better. Yep. The yep. hooks are so fucking catchy. Yep. Right. I mean, you know, yeah, I guess uh, maybe some of the uh, some of the themes expressed in the song. <laughs> sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right. Right. But like, but yeah. even that, that track's a fucking banger. It's so, I mean, arguably the best song on the record. Yeah. And also, even though there are standout tracks on this record, like Foreign Job Lot and Something Must Be Done, uh, they don't stand head and shoulders above the other cuts for me. Like every song on this is great. Whereas like I was saying with the DYS record, I think Open Up or More Than Fashion mm -hmm. or City to City or Circle Storm or whatever is is markedly better than the worst material in that. Whereas the the difference between in quality on track to track on Thou Shot Net Kill is is pretty negligible. It's it's yeah. like an AAP man. Yeah, for every sure. single song is a is 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 basically a standalone track. Yeah, right? for sure. And and not only that, but like we think about legacy wise, right? Yeah. Not only I so it's pretty obvious which way we're going to lean on this. At least you and I. Yeah. Right. Um. I mean, this band basically, basically, you know, set the mold for youth of today. Oh, for sure. And side by side and yeah, all that yeah, stuff yeah, just yeah, a few yeah. years down the road. Yeah, I was going to say when, the same, yeah. when this band returned with some of the shittiest music you've ever <laughs> fucking heard. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. yeah, this, this seven inches, this seven inch is, um, well, I mean, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's it, as classic as it gets. You, man. you don't if you don't like the seven inch, you just straight up don't like hardcore. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well put, well put. It's got uh, a, yeah, a lot of lot of good parts, a lot of good memorable, like really memorable riffs. The I was production, say really good riff set on the uh, seven inch. The production on this is like really fucking hell yes. Like yeah. the drums really. sound like so crispy. It definitely that. leads DYS on that front. At least yeah. I would say not you know not to spoil my pick here, but. Also, a tie-in, I was going to talk about it later, too, but also the drummer on this record is the drummer on the Misfits material that we're going to hear. Uh, oh, they're talking about from this. Googie, he played, he played on uh, Walk Among Us. So okay. I didn't, know well, I didn't realize that. Damn. Yeah. Yep. Well, I, th Let's I think it. we should get to it. Three, two, one. And 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 yeah. Another sweep. Closer, but wow. still. Closer still, yep. like that uh, DYS on the second record. Yeah. Yeah. A good power ballad they wrote. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There is one good song on the second DYS record, but that's it. That's all they I, I like the first song. I like that song, Late Night. Um, oh, and no late big night. Game. That song's oh, cool. Man. I do not like that song. Dave Smalley's really going for it. We talked about it on the Patreon episode too, but his vocals on that record are perplexing because he would immediately go on to do Dag Nasty and prove that he like does melodic stuff like fairly well. Yeah. Um, but, but not on that DYS record for whatever reason. Maybe he just didn't like the, maybe he was like, I'm going to punch down, like not punch down, but I'm going to not give it my all because maybe I just don't it, in. Like it. it doesn't yeah. sound like he's boning. No, I think he's going for it, especially because you can see there's interviews with, with them around that time. And, and Dave Smalley is really enthusiastic about the fact that he's like, yeah, you know, we used to be like a hardcore band. Now we're just a hard rock and roll band. Rockin like he's really <laughs> enthusiastic about that. So what's next? All right, what we got next? Next matchup, number five, the Bad Brains Royer 
cassette tape. ROIR tape. <laughs> However you pronounce it. <laughs> the self-titled uh, tape. <laughs> the self-titled tape. Let's just call it that. Going up yeah. against number 28, Scream, Still Screaming LP. So, Nate, will, this one was pretty pretty close for you, I think. Nate, oh, Tyler, go ahead. Sorry. I will say, um, I hadn't listened to Scream, like, until we did this challenge. Yeah. And that shit is, like, I think it's pretty fucking good. Like, it's, it's really, really, good. like, underrated almost, I would yeah, say. I agree. I'd say yeah. very underrated. Yes. Yeah, there's no almost about it. It's just, yeah. it, it, yeah. it is. This, this Still Screaming is one of my favorite hardcore records of the era period yeah um it's one of my favorite hardcore records i love this record i have like a lot of personal connection to this record mm-hmm. i think this is like one of the first actual like vintage hardcore records that i was that i that i purchased at the store yeah um found in the used bin and everything about this record it's it, there, there's a couple records that really take me to a place mm-hmm. right this record does um avail satiate does sure um i i absolutely love this record it's it's warm it sounds like a warm day like a warm summer day in 1982 or three yeah and you know i was alive in 1982 or three and i wasn't very old but i do have i was old enough to have memories like about seven and 83 it just takes me fucking back to like glass Coke bottles sure. and like old, stupid, nostalgic shit. I love the way this record sounds. The tracks on here are a banger. Solidarity is one of my favorite hardcore tracks of all time. Very good song. And the the, the knocks against this, um, I think that it is a little long for a hardcore record. I agree. I think you could cut easily about 10 minutes off of this. Yes. Yeah, I think yeah. that, I think that this should have been a record in the seven inch. Yep. Um, you know, so that because by the end by the end i'm ready for this record to be done for sure yeah right i it doesn't really leave me wanting more i feel like i heard all of scream that i need to hear um and i, and I certainly i don't really like anything you do after this no i don't either um and dave so, Grohl curse yeah yeah well i mean even the next record before i i, I don't think dave Grohl's in the next record no he is i think it's just the third one or yeah whatever. um but like it just it doesn't it doesn't um stand up to this they try to go for the rock thing and and i don't think it works it's not a terrible record compared to other hardcore bands that try the rock thing yeah but it just doesn't do anything for him but i absolutely love this fucking record it's great um but no go ahead and say what you're gonna say well i was gonna say like hygiene is definitely the low point of this record that is a she got the herpes yeah it's a it's a portent of of the the fact that this band will eventually suck i i also agree yes it's a little over long i think it's also unfair that uh who knows who cares is probably like the second best track on this record and it's like right towards the end of the record american justice is really fucking good that's a good track too um i kind of think came with that warning is is the banger on this record and it's a little yeah. bit unfortunate that they lead with it because i don't know that they ever quite reach that height again agreed, um, agreed. and it maybe hurts this band's legacy because people think i think people think of scream as like a one track band uh they think oh yeah came without warning is like an iconic track and like everything else is throwaway. but i think by and large this whole record is really good the melodic flourishes definitely hint at what dc was going to be doing in a couple years um mm-hmm. i think this predicts a lot of the emo core stuff in a in a big way um i will say the whoa there's more woes on this record than i remember and i'm not i'm not happy about it right in retrospect <laughs> uh, it's one of my least favorite like punk musical tropes but i'm willing to forgive it because it's it's early on and the record is so good i also think this song or this record might might have some a couple historic uh marks in its column too i think new song is probably the first recorded example of someone yelling mosh in a song before a part hits really 
Yeah, he yells mosh before the party. I know, I know so, he yells it, but I didn't, but that might be the first. That might be the first time that someone on a recorded track goes mosh. And then also Total Mash or Total Mosh might very, very possibly be the first song that is explicitly about moshing. Mm. Um, so, you know, shout, shout out to, to Scream for potentially uh, hitting a couple like early, early yeah. historical, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah, great record. I don't know. But it is stacked up against... Bad brains. Bad brains. Yeah, it's a fucking sure. bad brains album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and like like list like there are parts on this album that lose me. I don't yeah. give a shit about the fucking dub Josh shit. Yeah, yeah. Right. That about, that yeah. to me, like and on the one hand, it's sort of those parts really highlight the like breakneck hardcore songs on sure. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they also absolutely kill the momentum. Absolutely. I'd say the same thing. The only reason anybody tolerates that component of bad brains is because they are such a good band in every regard, every other regard, because like I like dub and reggae and rock steady and lovers rock and all that shit a lot. Fucking love culture. I love Buju Bon I love all of this stuff. And like bad brains just don't do a particularly compelling version of it. You know been, what I mean? I've been saying no, that. And they do. Yeah. I was ahead, just going to say, I, I've been Thank saying that for a while. Like, I, I will say, Leaving Babylon, I like that song. I Love I Jaw is like terrible. And I remember when I was yes. younger, it was always like people be like, oh, it's lame. What did they play reggae? Because reggae sucks. Or, or alternatively, people trying to say that it's like really good. And I'm, I was always like, nah, dude. Like, I listen to reggae. And uh, it's not very good. And uh, you're, no. and I don't believe you that you think it's that good. But anyway, go on. So, so that aside, because I think we can all agree that like that that's a component of bad brains we could we could probably do without. Um, I just skip them every time. So like it's it doesn't really it doesn't affect me at this point because I'm almost exclusively listening to this shit digitally anyway. So I, I will say uh, I don't I don't mind. I I do kind of like it. I think. Okay. It, sets them as like a band apart from like other bands that's I'm like that's, you know in a, in a in a in a identity kind of sense sure yeah yeah i get that um i, I like the reggae tracks on the uh album after the uh, rock for light yeah. i think yeah. those tracks are a lot better than the reggae ones on this they are better record they are better for sure although i will say i think i prefer i prefer when bad brains get slow in the context of like heavier music better because i think like on eye against eye they do a lot of really intricate melodic stuff and they slow down the pace a lot but not with like an explicitly reggae bent to it and it works mm-hmm. way better for yeah. me. Um, but so my, my feeling about this record in general, I, you know, I can't expound too much upon this because everything that has been said about this um, already kind of covers every base. It's like one of the most classic and well-revered bands and records of all time. But I will just say even the songs on this that aren't classics could be, and they are only rendered not classic because of how transcendently good like the true standouts right. on this are right like there as i was going back and revisiting this for the first time in, in a little while i guess um i was i was struck by how much every single song on this is good oh sure there's not a single oh, yeah. filler part there's not a single filler track yep. like i had that in my notes here i have riff after riff and yeah. the whole thing is absolutely fucking breaking yes right yeah. hr is you can't he's inimitable yeah right for sure i mean you can't do anything it's it's like jello be you can't do anything like what he's doing with somebody immediately calling you out yeah 
right? There was yeah. that, what was that band? Big Zit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And dude, I mean, it was good. Yep. But the first thing I said was, oh, that guy's trying to sound just like HR. There's no way your, your voice naturally sounds like that. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Right? Like, it just, it's inimitable. He sounds so fucking good. And this band, compare it side by side to Scream, like, Bad Brains, as, 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 a, as a band, are just much more established, experienced, and talented. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. On this release. Yep, I agree. Right? In every, in every way. And it shows in yep. the songwriting. Even d- dub parts aside. I, this is a record that I feel intimidated and wholly unqualified to say anything bad about. Yes, for sure. Yeah. I, yep. I would, this, this is, uh, this was up against BGK last round mm-hmm. and this kind of record shows the difference between like European hardcore and American hardcore around this era, because I think you've noted this Jake and I absolutely agree that like a lot of European hardcore stuff. What? Cause that BGK record, uh, Jonestown Aloha really good right yeah fucking good do you know what i kind of have an issue with is that they don't have the front man that is like an hr yeah they have they have songwriting chops they have like playing abilities but like they don't have generic they don't have person they don't have personality personality. it's like it's a swag thing like that's kind of what a lot of the euro bands american bands have that like in spades i think yeah Yeah, for sure yeah And, and i actually think that putting this up against scream is a much better pairing i think that when you listen to these two albums side by side, there's a lot of parallels between these two For records. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's just as much as I like still screaming. Yeah. I, you know, come on. Yeah, for sure. The the thing I noticed with the scream record, like the fast stuff, it like the faster kind of hardcore stuff. It's like, yes, this, this sounds very much like minor threat. And yeah. while minor threat was influenced by bad brains, they want to be like bad brains. So like kind of, that kind of actually makes like a lot of sense that, yeah, yeah. there are, this is, this is an interesting matchup. Um, I think I, anyone who's listening, if you haven't listened to that scream record yet, uh, you fucking should. Yeah. You sure. probably listened to that bad brains record. You probably have maybe haven't listened to that scream record. Mm-hmm. Want to do it? Yeah. Let's do it. Three, two, one. Bad, bad brains. brains. <laughs> This is uh, things are going uh, kind of according to what I thought they'd be going. Okay. I think, I think but, the uh, disputes are going to come later. If I yes, I think we got a couple. Yeah. So what's our next one here? Next up, we got number twelve, the Faith Void Split, going up against number eighty-five, the self-titled Decroitson LP. This is a fun one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I agree. This could be where some. Disagreement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This that. one, I, this I is one where I'm a little on the fence, and I want to hear uh, Nate and Gray's sort of case regarding what, what they think you, about these. What do you guys think of the faith in 2022? Oh, I think it's great. It's so fucking low rated, dude. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think that I think that the faith um, kind of gets overshadowed. Yeah, uh, certainly by like Ian McKay's band. Sure, yeah. But uh, the faith just kind of in on this EP. This right. uh, this on this this um 12 inch it certainly gets overshadowed overshadowed by void this is this is i I brought it up on one of our other episodes i think for a lot of people myself included unfortunately this is a single-sided split Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah yeah and i I would um, the only i it must have been like four or five years ago um jay from sidetracked posted that he liked the faith side more than the void side I know a few people in that camp. And I, I was like, 
what I, I thought he was like kidding i was like yeah. are you like being serious right now and he's like no no like i'm being totally serious i like the faith side more and like i am part of a a, a small minority of people yeah uh but we are growing in size and since then i have seen more people at the very least admit that the faith side is like not something you should like skip no, yeah. over it's really good i i think that of like the Alec McKay bands, I think probably Ignition is, um, I think in my, my in, in, in my taste, Ignition gets a little bit of a higher standing because it's, it's a lot more of a, a unique sure. sort of project in the faith. Yeah. But the faith stuff is hard and it's fucking good. Yeah. It's really good. I, I think, it, I think it's pretty close to like top tier early DC hardcore stuff. Uh, and I, I think the, this, the, this is more evenly matched split than people get it credit for, for sure. Um, but I also want to say, I think again, with a, 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 a bit of a, a historic firsts, your ex, is that the mate, probably the first song about being mad at your friend about breaking edge? It might be. It probably I mean, this is. is. This is eighty-two. Yeah. So right? it's that's probably the because it's very explicitly about like the kids barely had any time to even be straight. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. That's a quick turnover right. too. Um, but you know, I think the thing that like the faith has against it uh, is that because I think there there are more technically competent and proficient band than void probably but void is like creating a genre template here they are going on to influence so much shit whereas like i don't know that anybody's like oh the faith really influenced me to no do no I mean, yeah i don't i void i can't imagine that that is anything but a pure but a pure fucking accident yes exactly right yeah right 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 that, that is and, and to me that void shit is, I mean, just, I keep going back to NA, but I can't stop thinking about NA, right? Yeah. I dream about, I got NA tattoos, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Like, I dream about John Brandon kissing me, right? <laughs> and like, but, you know, and while yelling in my mouth, right? But, um, you know, the void stuff is absolutely crystallized quintessential yeah like hardcore essence yeah for right? sure yes it is it is a bunch of kids trying to play music that is frankly a little bit um uh, above their their pay grade for sure yeah right and and they're stumbling through it yeah and a lot of that stuff you know a lot of times some of my favorite recordings and some of my favorite stuff in punk and and, and metal especially too and, and like with early death metal and stuff is stuff that you can hear that they are playing on the ragged fucking edge of what they're capable of doing. Yeah. And there's, there's fuck ups and, 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 but it completely, it completely aligns with the, with the ethos and with the um, aesthetic of the music. Yep. And that void stuff is absolutely, it, it's, it's absolutely perfect, but it had to be an accident. It is yeah. perfected fucking chaos, but they got there completely by accident because if you listen to the stuff that they do after, yes, it's like, okay, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like right? The lost sessions. But the void stuff is, the void stuff is just, to me, I mean, it's such a rare fucking thing. I agree. Also, like, dude, the one thing I love about the void material on this is that the opening riff of, of Who Are You and the record is like, one of my favorite riffs in hardcore history and it lasts for like five seconds right, right. and it's yes. never revisited that it's amazing right like you could build an entire fucking you could that could be the thesis of your band and you right. would arrive at something great but they just go hey let's play this one really sick like rock riff and then never do anything like it again 
ever in the course of this fucking record. I, I feel like, you know, I feel like Void is kind of, I think about them almost like parallel to like um, the Shags. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you guys can the Shags? I know I'm familiar with the yeah. shags. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like where, where like, you know, the, the shags kind of arrived at like this idiosyncratic sound because they didn't really, and I'm, I'm not, I'm sure that the dudes in Void were fucking heavily invested in the DC scene. I'm not saying that they were in a bubble like the shags, but like it almost, it's almost like, the, like Void were influenced by like one warped shitty copy of pay to come. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it yeah. was like, let's play this. Uh-huh. Right. And they, they just couldn't, but man, they fucking made something that is unbelievable. Yeah. For what sure. did you guys think of Decroitzing? Cause I hadn't listened to, I was never like heavy into this record, but I was very, very impressed upon revisiting it for this challenge. So, I underestimated how fucking like groundbreaking ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. A lot of that guitar work was on it. Oh, yeah. Curious what your thoughts are. So I, I've actually always been a huge, a huge decroits and Stan, at least of this era of stuff. I will say that like, this is, this is most of, I think all of cows and beer is rehashed on this. Um, and I don't necessarily know that I, I need 20 tracks of this all at the same time. This easily could, they easily could have done cows and beer, which are great. And I think some they're, they're on part, like the the recording quality and difference isn't enough to justify re-recording them here. You usually easily could have had two decroits in uh, seven inches. And I would have been probably happier than all of this material in a, in a single LP. But I think it's kind of fitting that this is going up against void specifically because I always kind of thought of Decroitson as being a, a less frenetic void that uh, could definitely play their instruments. It's yep. it's similarly on the cutting edge sonically, and it's it's similarly similarly idiosyncratic and experimental. Um, but but these are dudes that, as they would prove on their later much less compelling efforts, could play their play their asses that, off. That's, you know what yeah, I mean? that's and that's literally what my notes say is like this is the same chaos as Void. Yeah but it's planned because yes. these guys yeah. know how to play their instruments, right? Yeah. When you listen to this, you know that these guys have fucking chops. They are much better musicians. They're even much, they're much better musicians than most of their peers. For sure. Yeah. Right. Yes. They're better at writing songs and you can hear right away that they are, even though that this is considered like hardcore, this is, they are definitely striving for something different. Yeah. Like I, I put in my notes, even like this is not in the sense that this term would become well-defined and understood now, but this is almost like post-hardcore in the sense that this feels like more than hardcore. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? This, this feels like, um, more akin to like early no means no, or something that's taking like the, the, the basic building blocks of hardcore and doing something, uh, different with it, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I would say that this is, if you, if you break this down into three bands, yeah, this is better than faith. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yes. Mm-hmm. We'll leave it up to the end to figure out which, uh, which way we go for sure. Yeah. I would, I would say if, uh, I would like the vo- void is like a wrecking ball. Yeah. And Dicroitzen is like the timed explosion taking down the building. Yeah. You know? yes. yeah. 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 And like, thing. yeah, yeah. Go Tim. Uh, Dicroitzen, that's maybe some of the, uh, fiercest, vocals of, oh, oh, yeah. Like oh, yeah. Yeah. oh my gosh yeah. yeah um i would and you kind of hear the decroitson influence and other stuff like i don't know how you guys think about that band voivod um oh i, I was love, gonna say for yeah, sure yeah I you love, hear, love you hear yeah you can definitely hear i was like, hoping you were gonna say voivod. 
Okay, yeah, I I fucking I've been revisiting Voivod a little bit lately, and like I think that band like that band is like five or six record run that like most bands can't like touch, and uh, yeah, I, you can definitely hear like a parallel, and like I think fucking Voivod early Voivod stuff that's just that's just like a punk fucking hardcore band, yeah, like hardly like it is metal of course, but like they definitely like punk and hardcore, and like I think sonically the Voivod and like this Dykroitzen record is specifically pretty fucking similar and uh, yeah. both have great fucking chops have that weird kind of dissonant knee kind of guitar yep. stuff um, but for sure it's gonna this is a tough this is a tough it's match very tough yeah I don't know how I don't know, I don't know how it's gonna go so. yeah you want to count off Jake three two one favorite Hey, it's Jake Razor here. Uh, spring is sprung. My allergies are killing me. And I'm coming at you with some exciting news about killer new stuff from Syrup Head Recordings, our friend and sponsor. A uh, bunch of dope stuff just came out from him. He's got merch, number one, and it looks fucking sick. There's t-shirts with one of the cooler logos I've seen recently. It's like a skull guy with a leather jacket. What's not to love? Uh, crew necks, they're all bleachy, kind of puss head style, appropriate for our series. Uh, sweatpants, those are sick. Three brand new releases. There's a split cassette from Gore, a uh, gore grind band from Brazil. Real straightforward, unpleasant gore grind. Uh, and it's a split with prosthetic face from Germany, which is aggressively unpleasant, harsh noise. If you're into that, you're going to love it. It does exactly what you want it to do, I promise. Uh, I like the prosthetic face side it's very over the top and that's sweet um the holy water shrivel up split is out now holy water of course featuring your our very own tyler hammer and gary u.s bombs uh shrivel up is from chicago it's a split straight up no frills no gimmicks no trend grindcore if you're a fan of that you cannot go wrong with this cassette and uh, my favorite of the recent Syrup Head stuff is the Uncaring cassette from Disposal Unit. This thing's really cool. Definitely grab me. Definitely unique. It's a mix of industrial. It's got, you know, drum machines, synth, all that uh, pretty hate kind of stuff. But the guitars are like, guitar parts are very, sort of get some sludge metal influence. Very moody. Very, very Midwest. Very Rust Belt. And you know I love that. So head on over to syruphead.storeenvy.com. He's got a ton of new distro stuff too. Can't even get into it right now. Syruphead.storeenvy.com or syrup underscore head underscore recordings on Instagram. Check him out. This new batch of stuff is top notch. Oh, the Skull Guy that's from uh, Minor Thread. Damn, I'm a dumbass. But yeah, check out Syrup Head. Good stuff. I did. I went Faith Void. Okay. And I, said, I said I said Void. I mean, to me, okay. I, I don't think that... De Kreutzen, as I said, is better than Faith. Yeah. Um, but man. Yeah, that Void stuff. Man, just, that's so iconic, stuff. dude. It's so I, iconic. I will say I would have probably gone De Kreutzen if they cut the cows and beer stuff, as, yeah. as Gray suggested. That would actually be somewhat easy for me at that point uh, it wouldn't be easy I will, but it's a little long it's 20 tracks I it is 20, yeah 20 tracks. i will say um i'm not disappointed in any of this because i mean i don't yeah. know for a while void was like my favorite like 
band, like hardcore band. So yeah. I'm not mad. Yeah. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Who, who, who went to Kreutzen? I went to Kreutzen. Yeah, but I think both of you, you did as well, did Tim. Too? Yes. Yeah. But I, so I, what does that mean? Like, I think Faith Void moves on, right? Yeah. Yes, Faith Void moves on. Okay. So what is, uh, what is the next one? Next up, we got number two, uh, SSDs, get it away going up against number 34 CIA's uh, God guns, guns, guts, guns. EPs, or whatever the fuck yeah. it is. Uh, I didn't want CIA in this round. Just going to make that clear. It went up against the ultra violent crime for revenge EP. And I believe ultra violent was robbed, but sorry, that's the last uh, little grievance I'll air here. What did you, I mean? What is there to, I mean, okay. <laughs> so this is this is somehow my first exposure to this. I never listened to this before. There's like two or three things on the Pusshead list that I just had escaped escaped my purview somehow over the years. Um, like I think it's it's which is kind of refreshing because I I think of myself as pretty well versed, especially in this era of like underground music. So the fact mm-hmm. that there are still like little bits and pieces mm-hmm. that have escaped me is is cool because it's it's nice to know that I I haven't explored every nook and cranny of this yet you know um also the drummer of this band a little tidbit i learned about went on to play on the uh shelter record perfection of desire okay which is not tyler tyler loves that band i love that band <laughs> shelter you're, you're making a joke or are you actually I mean, you I know does tyler not does not like tyler does not like that band i like that band a, a you know bit. what uh, uh i'm <laughs> i'm open i'm open to like maybe learning but you showed okay. me like a couple things jake and i'm just like Fuck this shit. The first, the first <laughs> album. Good, dude. This is a message of the Buck of Pod. It's you know, oh, I like, you know what track, I like. Dude. I like that, and by that I mean I like him just saying that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's as much as I like. Uh, so I don't have a whole lot of feelings about this. I think it's undeniably good, but I'm not sure I would say that it's like straight up great. And I'm pretty comfortable putting this in like the also ran category, mm-hmm. the CIA stuff. Uh, it, it's good. You know what I mean? But I don't, I don't, other than just the novelty of having not been familiar with it previously, I don't imagine that I'll come back and spend a bunch of, uh, a bunch of time with it. You know? Yeah. I think this, this completely fucking rips. It's all go the whole way through the CIA stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it, it and it's a lot more precise than yeah. SSD, like the playing and everything. That's true. Yes. Um, yeah. The guitarist has, Charles has really good chops. It's good. He's good. Yeah, for sure. But it doesn't have any of the character of yeah. SSD. That I think maybe that's my complaint with it. I think musically this is this is very good, but it just like it 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 didn't do enough to differentiate itself from other bands of of this era playing like a similar style of hardcore. Yeah, there's yeah. there's and like it, a reason it's kind of like forgotten. I would say, you know. Yeah, if you. You know, to compare this to the SSD EP, I mean, it's that EP. There's, it's hard to think of like more anthemic hardcore songs. Yeah, for if, sure. From that era, yeah. right? If I may interject, uh, your com- commentary regarding Void sort of accidentally being avant-garde, to paraphrase. Yeah, uh, I have thought about that very, very often in relation to this SSD record sp- uh, specifically, not the one before it, but this one. Yeah, it's like they're writing chord per- like they're writing riffs that are like unconventional and that yeah. other people but like i think it's just because they don't know how you're supposed to write songs well, sure. and it they, sounds they, incredible they clearly want to be rock stars yes yeah um <laughs> yeah but like sure. this this ep is you know it's anthemic there's so many fucking sing-along parts that's why it gets yeah. fucking covered all the goddamn time right yep. um spring is a mush mouth yep 
but it gives it so much fucking snotty character for sure. You know, and the songs on this are again, one of the things that I'm seeing in a common theme with these is when you have songs that kind of blend into sort of like oneness Mm -hmm. versus have songs that are standalone tracks. Yep. Right. The songs in this are much more dynamic. There's a, there's a much greater variability in like the songwriting on this, on, on, on this as well. Yeah. I, 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 that's what I said on this. I said, this EP is, is all tracks. Um, I think the only reason that people, there isn't a, a, a sort of consensus on this being the superior SSD release is because, uh, the kids will have their say is more visually iconic. I, I think that's honestly the only reason, because to me, this is like the clearly superior release. It's like yeah. a pretty, pretty no contest. I'll tell you that if you want to buy this record, yeah, at least right now on Discogs, mm-hmm. you can get it for about two hundred dollars less than you can that CIA seven inch. No shit. Yeah, that's kind of shocking. It's really Wait. funny. What? Jeez. Yeah, the Jesus CIA Christ. record is more expensive apparently. Like a lot more expensive. Yeah, I mean, dude, collectors that's of like it is. hardcore stuff, they they'll they'll pay a lot for something that's like, yeah. if if it's obscure, they want it in the collection. But they yeah. love fucking it up for everybody else. I yeah, know. for sure. Uh, but yeah, Jake, I agree. I, I kind of made a similar note here uh, as to what you were talking about because I, I just noted that this is. I think this stuff is way more idiosyncratic than it's given credit credit for being. It's like I, I hear SSD talked about in the same breath as DYS and negative effects and, and Jerry's kids and last rights and all that stuff. Cause they're of the same scene, but I think it, I think it's markedly different musically than, than the FUs or anything bands that they were playing with. Yeah, It's cause they added that second guitar player and he just like tried to play rock star leads the whole time. But instead it sounds like noisy and like yes. chaotic and discordant yeah. cause they didn't yeah. know what the fuck they were doing. Thank God. Yeah, I think Puss had even mentioned. I we we read reviews on like the most recent episode we did. Yeah, and I think he mentions that like adding the second guitar was like really sick. Yeah, I agree for sure. Yep. Now I will say that after our recent excursion into SSD's entire catalog, yeah, I absolutely fucking stand by all the releases except for the Jolly Old Saint Nicholas Seven. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I, I unless you really want to see here spring at maybe his shittiest. Yeah, 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 for right? sure. Yeah, Jolly Old Saint Nicholas is is definitely a good example of like just how shitty Springer could sound. Yeah. But man, breaking it up is a good fucking record. <laughs> I love man. it. It's aged very well. I it's love very it. fucking good. I know. I know these boys do not agree with that assessment. Oh my god! I'll try it again. I'll try it again. It's a fun record. Yeah. At the very least. It, it's. Uh, I'm not saying that it's a good hardcore record in right. the sense of it being like actually like you know well-written songs and well-performed songs yeah but it's a fucking good record yeah, yeah it's very sure. it's it's interesting it's uh, i would say it's fascinating even it's just like why would you why would you play that for your guitar solo like i, I can't possibly <laughs> figure it out if i wanted yeah. to i definitely we definitely were listening to the the one after before that break it up break it how up we rock, how we rock how, how we, we rock, rock excuse me and yeah. it's i was i uh guitar solo played and i was just like man they 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 left that there. I like how we rock less than break it up because I think how we rock is like, is basically good hardcore songs played for two to three times too long with bad solos in it. But if you shortened the tracks down, you'd have like to a minute and a half, you'd have just a good hardcore record, which makes it kind of just a frustrating listen. Cause you're like, Oh, there are good songs in here, but they're just, they're not, they're not presented correctly. Whereas by the time you get to 
to break it up, it, it is a fucking mess. And so it's just like, I'm fully on board because there's no like, Oh, this would be a good hardcore song. This is just psychotic. Yeah. Know? But they're yeah, yeah. that they can do. This. Yes, exactly. Right. I also want to say too, just as a quick aside, I do not believe, and I don't think God himself could convince me that Springer was ever at any point straight edge. <laughs> no, no. They said, they said themselves. He wasn't like, okay, like cool. even like Al Burile has said like, yeah, you know, I mean, I wrote the lyrics. Right. Uh, he was a great front man. Uh, it is, yeah, no, he he like took acid and drank, smoked and, pot, smoked pot. Yeah, he okay. took acid with Void specifically, apparently, because those guys were big acid freaks, which completely makes that sense makes too. Sense. But uh, yeah, no, he was never straight edge. Okay, cool, cool. Well, let's right, uh, well, let's let's get to let's it. Let's do it. Yeah, three, two, one. SSD. one easy one yeah. what's the next I, one i like legitimately was like i was gonna say oh uh, what were they up against <laughs> <laughs> i can't remember uh oh yeah cia yep next match number 15 flex your head washington dc comp okay going up against uh number 18 adolescent self-titled record yeah Kind of a weird matchup to do a comp yeah. versus like a proper LP. I don't actually yeah. see how you can compare these two. It's very difficult, right? But yes. I'm, I'm, do my I'm best willing to give way. it a try. Yeah, well, sure. you know, I, I the way Jake, you uh, you you summed this up uh, when you had these difficult things, which is like, do these releases? Which one has like more tracks? Well, yeah, or the ratio of tracks to like to I've used track. a bunch of different heuristics for this, depending on how I'm feeling. When I'm like at a loss, what I fall back on is. Ratio of tracks to not tracks. It's not fair. It's a brutal metric to use, especially if it's like, a, you know, a three song EP that's all tracks versus an LP. But if I don't know what else to do, then it would go to the three song EP. So when in doubt, yeah, you okay. can do that. But uh, I, yeah, yeah, that's, that's I um. so oh, go ahead. Go oh, ahead, uh, yeah. the flex your head comp to me, like really important. Um, I like I listened to it a shit like in high school. It was like. It was this comp and then the New Jersey's got it comp uh, that were like really important. Got me into like expanded my horizon beyond like the first, like those, those starter pack kind of like early eighties hardcore bands. Right. I mean, interested in like learning and exploring and figuring out more shit. Um, I will say uh, upon re-listening, it's like, uh, it's, it's okay. So it is a, it's a better comp than some of the other comps that were on this, I think. Yeah, it was critical for me in expanding my horizons for sure. Um, and I, I got to give it its props on that. Although I will say this is Boston, not LA was like the one for me. That was like the one from this era that was like, oh, okay, mm -hmm. this is this is like kind of defining my taste moving forward. Um, because I think that there are there are a fair amount of, of forgettable tracks on this. Um, and then the, conversely, there are like a few examples of like bands that have frustratingly low output who managed to write like Red Sea, like yeah. 
really strikes me because like i think only two of the four songs they have on here are are good but i think that they're two of the best hardcore songs from that era period yeah like i think pressures on is like an all-time great hardcore song and it's shocking to me that that's evidently all that band had in them (laughs) they just were like we're gonna write this great song have you ever listened to their demo like stuff uh maybe years ago yeah but i I don't recall if i have or not is it any good not really um i remember loving and i talked about some the last episode like i love the red sea stuff like Mm. and uh when i heard um ceremony covered it yeah i was like yo they're doing they did a red sea cover like that's cool and i can't imagine like i i'd probably be one of like a dozen people that would have been like that if they if i was in like 2009 2010 2011 whenever they covered that one of the dozen people yeah being like yes that's a red sea cover as opposed to this is just a ceremony song i was the same i was the same way i was really that was actually what got me into ceremony i was like oh fuck they cover red sea this is crazy because that was exactly during the period of time where i was like very very deeply invested in in this era of hardcore Mm -hmm. and was like starting to to very actively branch out into like what was going on contemporaneously um but uh also can i note that the fucking original cover art for this is so fucking bad like yeah, it's really calm. bad. It's so shitty. Isn't it the thing with the violins and shit? Violin yeah. and the roses and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah it sucks. It sucks. It definitely sucks. Classic like, like 80s amateur hour shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The artwork. It sucks because like, again, like to compare it directly to something like this is Boston, not LA, which is like so, is so iconic. Like it's bright. It's great. Like I, I can picture it in my head immediately. But then when I saw the cover for this, like I always think of the red cover with like the three X's, which still isn't like that amazing, but at least it's like bold, simple graphic design. I was like reminded, Oh yeah, the original cover for this, this is like God awful. Um, also it contains the, what in my period, uh, my opinion is the far superior, uh, youth brigade, um, who I really wish that we'd gotten like, at least another seven inch mm-hmm. worth of material from because I think the youth brigade material on this is really fucking good. Um, but then, you know, I don't know. You can speak if you have any feelings on this comp, if it, if it has any, any, you know, like importance to you. I, I, yeah, this comp is important to me. I mean, there are songs on here that you can hear on other, other releases. Yes. Quite a few. Um, so that's kind of a, to me, that's a knock against this as comparing this to a, a complete LP that yes, that's where this is for sure. Right. I mean, obviously, yeah. And there's, there's, there's shit on here that, you know, um, yeah, that is, that is, I guess, large, uh, I guess criminally overlooked. Yeah. Like again, again, there are a couple tracks on here that I think are, are genuinely iconic, uh, suburban wasteland by artificial peace. Comes mm-hmm. Artificial peace is great. Yeah. What yeah. do you, what do you guys think of the iron cross tracks real quick? I'm curious. Cause they seem to be divisive and, uh, they, uh, are not well played. I'll say that I like those songs, but the amateurishness amateurness of it is incredible. Yeah. I I mean, I like that stuff. I I mean, iron cross, uh, always struck me as like the, the, the underdogs of like the DC scene. Like they were, they were all about the skinhead shit in a way that was like more akin to stuff that you would see later in New York than any of like their contemporaries in DC. And they are like genuinely bad musicians. Yeah. I um, mean, that's on the, the EP as well. Yeah, for sure. So. But I, but I always liked that material. And I think, that, I think these songs are fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with that. Um, I just, yeah, it, this being a comp, this having tracks on it that I can hear on other releases, yeah. official releases, is a big knock at this for me. And and I will say, I go back and listen to other comps from this era. I never go back and listen to this comp, really. No. Like, I don't just put it on recreation. I have this record, and yeah, I haven't so put it on my fucking turntable in forever. Yeah, it's been years. Yeah. Um, we revisited the Adolescence record while we were driving for tour. I know, Tyler, there was a record you were not that familiar with prior, yeah. prior to doing this challenge. Uh what are you, what are your your thoughts on that, Nate and Gray? Um, this has kids of the black hole on it. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> Come on. Right. I mean, yeah. I think that I think because like it was a Grand Theft Auto, everybody knows this for Amoeba. Oh, that's uh, no Amoeba was in uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Three. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so um you know, Amoeba is sort of like the the, the famous track from this record. Yeah. Man, Kids of the Black Hole is so fucking good. Yeah, for sure. I this record, I, I like this record a lot because this, when I think of California hardcore and I think of a California sound, yeah, this is this Agent Orange, right? Yeah. Dead Kennedys. This is one of those those bands, and this is one of those records that immediately come to mind. Yep, right for sure. It's all, and, and it's almost like I, I think in pictures when I think about California hardcore because I yeah. immediately see that blue and for red. Sure. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure, man. I think I think this is like quintessentially West Coast. I question whether it's like a, it, it, this kind of feels like a right on the cusp of being a hardcore yeah. record. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Which is, this is, this is definitely, um, straddling the line here for sure. Um, it's a transitional record, but it's, it's a stone cold classic. I don't think it, it, it has a, a single bad track on it. It doesn't overstay. It's welcome. Importantly, mm-hmm. um, Rick Agnew fucking kicks ass. He's such a good songwriter and guitarist. It's so sick that he went on to do Christian death immediately after this. Cause this dude was like, okay, cool. I'm going to pioneer this West coast sound. Then I'm going to pioneer this West coast sound. Mm-hmm. And then he went on to be in DI, which also fucking kicks ass. Mm-hmm. Um, dog bites, horse cries, uh, I, is fucking phenomenal. Like melodic hardcore record. He did the uh, uh, solo record too, which is solo also record. Is yeah. Very fucking sick too as well. Yep. Um, so, uh, also one of the best lyrics, uh, in the song, no way I cannot live in a world this gay. <laughs> so, yep. One of my favorite fucking lyrics of all perfectly time. matched with, uh, Tony's vocal delivery yeah, too. I mean, his sure. vocals, his vocal style is like, you, you really can't beat it in terms yeah, of uh, you. I mean, you want to talk about American bands having personality, like, yes, yeah. you know, like a band from Sweden could never do that. Uh, and very few bands from anywhere other than California really could. They, they really have their own kind of swagger there that you can't really imitate. I was saying in the car, if, if there was a seven inch that was uh, kids of the black hole, no way. And amoeba, it would probably Mm -hmm. be like one of the best seven inches ever. It'd be, yeah, it'd be one of the most legendary like punk seven inches of its, of its era. But again, this is a band that I think like hardcore kids broadly overlook because they just mm-hmm. think, Oh, this is like yep. punk shit whatever. But yep. I think that this is, this is a, an incredibly formative record for like the West coast scene at the time. Uh, it's undeniably good. I, I, I kind of don't see how, like, if you like catchy guitar music, I don't understand how you couldn't like this. Right. Uh, this is, I got yeah. nothing but good things to say about this. There's not a weak point on this record. No, no, I agree. Let's do let's do it. Three, two, one.
one. I that said, I said, oh, adolescence. Said he said, flex your head. <laughs> Sorry, I'm very peculiar oh, with no. certain bands. I, I get just, it. I don't give a shit about the adolescence. <laughs> Is it yeah. the dude's vocals? That's my guess. Um, I think it's just everything to be honest. With you. <laughs> I, I just don't well, care about them whatsoever. You just don't well, like having a good at time. Yeah. You don't like, I oh, guess that's not. Fair. There are, in, in the next few matchups, there are some bands that I could not care less about. Yeah, actually. Yeah. There are, there are a couple for me too, actually. All right. Let's see what's next then. What do we got, Tim? We have number 71 abrasive wheels, vicious circle, seven inch going up against number 26 poison ideas kings of punk lp there it is everybody uh, yes i mean yeah come on i mean like on. i see what you're talking about with your previous comment about <laughs> you know some bands that you just probably don't get is this what is abrasive wheels one of those that you're talking abrasive about Wheels are bands I, ne- I never really gave a shit about and and to be frank i really don't care a lot about a lot a lot about street punk in general sure um, there are some standouts that I like, and this was fine. I mean, this was catchy. It was melodic. It's, it has all the hallmarks of being like, you know, good street punk, right? It's simple. It's honest. It's catchy. It's melodic. Sure. Right. I just never really cared about this band. Yeah. So, so Jake, when we, you and I discussed on the last episode that I guested on, we have a really similar entry point into punk and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got into this band very early, like as a kid via the mod pop punk archives page. Yes. Uh, never, it, met, never met anyone other than you who had heard of it. So, but yeah, continue. Right. So, and it was right up towards the top because it was a, a B right. Yep. Alphabetically, it's like right up towards the top of the list. So this is probably one of the first like UK 82 era, you know, uh, like post 77 punk bands that I downloaded something from. Um, and I liked them because of that. I put them on a bunch of like, you know, CD comps I made for myself when I was 13, 14 years old. And I think this holds up, holds up pretty well. It doesn't suck at all. It's it's good. It, it, it has uh, it holds some degree of nostalgia for me, um, for that reason. But I gotta imagine it it has to be a similar thing for Pusshead, where this is like an early discovery for him or something. Because I I do not see how this makes a top one hundred of the eighties. Like yeah. it just yeah. doesn't. It just doesn't measure up to so much other stuff. Not only on this list, but stuff that was omitted from this list. I. I like this EP of theirs. I actually like the single before it even more because it's like just super catchy sing-along. I like their LP a lot too. I actually listened to it. It's stayed in rotation a nice amount for me over the years. But great example of the thing I've mentioned several times now of uh, bands from Europe and even Britain not having a lot of personality, even if the songs are there and even if the sound is there, it's like, yeah, but like, who are these guys other than punkers? Like, it, right. you don't yeah. really get much of that from that. And in to, contrast to, to contrast, uh, Poison Idea, Poison Idea, who is like larger you, than life characters. Yes. Yeah, right. absolutely. Right. Like cartoon, cartoon villains of fucking punk rock. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> man, the the fucking just the first like when this the fucking this album kicks off, it's just like. It's so fucking good. One of the best I mean, openers. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, and this is, this is an, an unreal record in any year, but especially in like 86, 
this is so much its own lane. It has no regard for trends going on in mm-hmm. like the larger punk and hardcore and metal world. It's it's 100% immediately identifiable as Poison Idea. It's also like a progression from previous material, but still recognizably the same band, which is a thing that they have going for them throughout the course of their career. Like all of their greatest records feel like a step in a new direction that still retains a lot of like the critical components that made them great in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this is another band on this list. We've had a couple of these, like with Minor Threat and in A, and I'll probably say the same thing about DK, that you could make a really strong argument for this, the, for Poison Idea in general, not just this record being one of the best punk bands of all time, period. You know, putting this up against almost anything just it, like is not a fair comparison. Yeah. It's just this record is just like riff after riff. Uh, Jerry A's vocals are fucking per- like perfect. One of my favorite hardcore vocals. Insane. I mean, like that. He, he is like the gold standard of, of vocalist for me. Yeah. Um, the production is really good on this record other than the bass sound, which is pretty clunky and I don't yeah. like it. I don't, I never really cared for the bass sound. The bass sound kind of sucks, but I think other than that, I mean, this is, a, this is a, a good sounding record. Um, yeah, dude, this is a, this is a timeless classic in every sense. Like this is, this is one of those things I, I try to give some, give some leeway on, on this sort of thing. But like, if you don't like this, and I say this about various things, but I really fucking honest to God mean it. Like, if you don't like this, then like, I don't understand what you do like you know right. what I mean? Like right. it, mm-hmm. yeah. if, if you like, if you claim to like heavy music of any type or, or faster music, punk, hardcore, whatever, and you don't enjoy this, like, I just, I cannot relate to you. No. And this is this, this, I mean, you know, I remember reading an interview with pig champion where, you know, he's basically saying like thin Lizzy is yeah one of his favorite of all time. And it sure. shows on every poison idea recording, like his yeah. songwriting and everything. Yeah. Right. Um, but like this is so fucking much more just genuinely crazy and dangerous yeah. sounding than any other hardcore this era for sure like this like like mm-hmm. well 86 so um but like this this is just fucking filth yeah right yep this is filth but it has all but it has like solid rock and roll chops yes um but i mean it just sounds like these guys you don't want them. You don't want them over at your fucking house at all. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, yeah. like you'd probably be cool to hang out with most anybody else. Yeah. Right. But these guys, no, yeah, no. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. This is... sounds so fucking menacing. Listen, cause I hadn't listened to this record in its totality in a while. Um, usually when I listen to poison idea, the first thing I put on is feel the darkness. Sure, yes. Oh yeah. Um, man, the title track for that record is one of my favorite fucking tracks. Yes. Um, but you know, Kings of punk. So you know, I guess mea culpa Kings of Punk gets overlooked when I think about Poison Ideas catalog, not because it sucks. It's just, I just, you know, feel darkness is like 45 minutes. Yeah. Right. And I'm done listening to Poison Idea at that, that, at that point. Right. I almost, I was like, man, I don't have an original pressing of this. Yeah. I was, as I was listening to this, I almost paid like $130 for original <laughs> pressing. Yes. Yeah. I was like, man, I really want an original copy of this. And it's crazy too, because this came out on Postmort. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And he puts it at number 26. Yeah. Right. Um, I would say like this record is, we, we've talked about before. There's like the, the early eighties, like us hardcore, especially us hardcore bands, like very short time span. Like they, you know, they're all kids, you know, let's start this band up oh, two years later up, oh, we're broken up. We put on LP, a seven inch. That's it. This is a, 
a very uh, kind of one of the earlier examples of like a hardcore band like continuing their legacy but like maturing like yeah. if your band was to mature which i most people i think you should hate that term when you hear a band has matured yeah this is like how you mature and grow as a band but like still have it, it's it doesn't suck they have like but it, it, it's not how you want to mature as an actual human being. No, that was what I was <laughs> yeah, about no, to say. Not. Yeah, it sounds like they're just uh, slipping deeper and deeper into depravity, darkness, despair, right. all right. the like the worst elements of like uh, human existence as like a white male in America. Period. Yes, and, and like and- so much, it got so much worse, and it's you can hear it, but it's very right. good artistically. Yes. When, when I listen to Poison Idea, like when I listen to Minor Threat, when I listen to, you know, other hardcore punk bands of, their, of the first half of the 80s, I can picture kids in my head. Yeah. Right. Even if with pictures of them. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's pictures, mm-hmm. plenty of footage of Minor Threat playing, plenty of footage of fucking Black Flag. And I can picture teenagers in my head. I can't picture anything but bloody, scary men, <laughs> right? Yes. Like yes. fat, yes. bloody, scary, fat men yeah. when I think of Poison Idea. Yes, right? for sure. And and like the, the album art on this, you know, I think it's Divine Intervention by Slayer has the uh, the dude that carved like Slayer in his forearms. In the yeah. Mm-hmm. That's and I remember when that album came out and I was in high school, I was like, fuck, that's awesome. Right. Yeah. Like, man, I, I want to do that. I want to carve. Like, I, I remember I was working in a grocery store at the time. I had unlimited access to razor blades and box cutters as a stock boy. And I was like, <laughs> I should do this here. There's a big fucking sink at work. I should just, while I'm at work at the grocery store, carve Slayer in my fucking forearm. Right. <laughs> And I didn't because now as a, as like, you know, a man in his forties, I'm like, well, that's, that's fucking stupid. Right. Yeah. But when I look at this artwork and I was, you know, kind of listening to this album and, and, and diving into, it, I was like, dude, I want to carve poison idea into my fucking belly. <laughs> yeah. Like that looks yeah. so fucking cool as a 40 year old man right now. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a total, it's a totally different vibe if you do that now, but yes. you do that when you're 15 for sure. And it's fucking yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. Let's, right, let's let's just let's get do this to one. It. Yeah, three, two, one. Poison. Poison. What we got next, Tim? Ooh. Next up, number ten. Antisect uh in darkness there is no choice LP versus number 42 crucifix is uh dehumanization LP this is the second hardest matchup i've had to do so far the hardest one i think is a little later in this bracket but uh so you guys as panelists i think may sway me one way or another so i'm very very curious what your thoughts are on this this so this this is definitely a uh a rare total digression of opinion for, for you and I on this, Jake, I think. Cause so anti-sect is kind of a weird blind spot for me because I've, I've been familiar with them forever, but for, for whatever reason, I just, I never dug into them more than just in passing. They never really piqued my interest, even though as like an ex peace punk kid with, you know, anarchy and equality tattoos on my wrist, like this, this would have been fully my shit at one point. Um, and this record just feels really lethargic to it's me. It's boring. Yes. It's like long. The it's opening, tr- long. Uh, every track, the record in general, but especially the opening track, it sets the, the tone for this record. It is fucking long and it does not go anywhere. Um, 
It's, uh, I mean, you know, making the third track an instrumental with bells is a very bold choice that I don't, think <laughs> I do. I love that. Uh, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun move for sure. But the way I described this is a uh, sleepy conflict. This is yeah. sleepy. conflict. <laughs> this is conflict on quaaludes. Um, it's, I think it's for me, like a really good example of a, of a message forward band, um, not being great because they'd rather rant about vivisection than just write a fucking riff. Yeah. This is a, I will say this is probably an album where if you like, like me, you heard it early on, Yes, you would really like it because I I'm fucking sure. love this. I mean, I went to sure. Pittsburgh yeah. when they reunited mm-hmm. to like see them. Yeah, uh, in 2013. So it was. It's. I fucking love this album, but I absolutely understand every, all of those. Like, yes, things. like I, I would. Makes, I would yeah, even say, and I don't say this that often, but there's a few records I say things like this about. The fact that it's boring and miserable grew on me and made me like it because it sort of brings me into, I I think the headspace they're trying to break, it sounds like despairing in a way and like makes me kind of anxious. Like I'm like bored and anxious at the same time, which is a terrible feeling, but not one that I get from that many punk records. So it sort of drew me into it, especially after you listen a few times and I'm not trying to sell anybody on this record. I'm saying how I got sold on it. Like the mix kind of sucks. It's like really muddled, but you'll start Mm -hmm. to notice like, them doing like there's all kinds of guitar leads in the background like there's a lot of weird it sounds like it's from a fucking cave like it can't it's very subterranean which yeah i like about it but that also does make it boring which is a fair point it's a it's an artistic record at the very least you know it's they put a lot of thought into it which i think is appealing to someone like me um but yeah i i i get why someone wouldn't like it in general this this top so i listened to gray sent me a text with you know all the matchups right and so and you know i listened to this record immediately after listening to kings of punk yeah yes as as did i which that that probably didn't help but i should i should have waited 24 hours right um but in general i i you know when when i lived back in pennsylvania you know when i was growing up and stuff in the 90s I mean, Osrotten was fucking it. Yeah. Right. And so they kind of set like for me, that kind of was they were actually my introduction into like, you know, anarcho punk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and in into that sort of stuff. And then from Osrotten, you know, I'd see, as I mentioned earlier, like, you know, conflict fucking artwork and and you know, crass artwork and stuff like that, and start to start to branch out and, and listen to the older, more classic bands, right? But, you know, like the first con the first Osrotten LP always sort of set was the watermark for me for anarcho punk. Yeah. Um, and I mean, shit, you come into that record. Yeah. Boycott. It's like, fuck. Yeah. Man. Right. Like that record kills. And actually all three of the LPs kill, but to get back to this, I, I kind of drifted away from anarcho stuff altogether. Mm-hmm. I was really into it, you know, when I was younger and as I sort of like, as, as I get older and I think about it, like I really have to be in a mood to put it on and I really have to like be in a mood to listen to an entire album. Um, cause it's just, it's tedious. The sloganeering, the choir preaching, it's just fucking empty. Right. Yeah. And it's, there's, there's like a naivety there that is ultimately just reflected with apathy. Sure. Right by the people in the bands and, and, and the people that are, that are going to the shows. Like there's no energy there for me. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing an irresistible segue here because they are up against another political band that I think is a rare example of it not coming across that way at all, in my no. opinion, yes. uh, probably in large part due to the singer's uh, experience as a Cambodian refugee. Exactly. Um, exactly. And uh, briefly, I'm going to present my crucifix theory that we've discussed on here before, because yeah. um, I think you guys might appreciate this. So 1984 crucifix did like a huge tour of the United States. They played New York city shortly thereafter. You will notice that uh, Roger Merritt uh, grew his hair out, stopped rocking the skinhead look from the United blood era. And as you can see on the victim in pain LP, that great photo on the back, he's got like spiky hair and a mesh shirt and all that shit. Yeah. Also listen to his vocals and then listen to Sothera's vocals and tell mm -hmm. me that he wasn't just trying to sound like Sothera. No, so totally. solid through line from Sothera, who in my opinion is top five hardcore vocalists like right. of all time. Th there's a through line from him to Rick to life. That's pretty clear to me, but what, yeah. What are you, what are your guys' thoughts on this? 12 inch? You hit it on the nose with this because you know, number one, yes, it's a shorter, it's, it's a shorter record. So I'm less likely to tune it out. Yeah. Um, it's a bit sloppier, but it's got way better energy to it. Um, and there's a realness to it because of the vocalist experience for sure. Right. Yes. He's not talking a couple generations removed. There's no fucking like lazy squatter fucking idealizing some, some sort of fucking utopia. Like this dude and his family escaped the Khmer Rouge. Yeah. Right. Yes. So there's a realness to it there that comes across. And for that, like dehumanization is an example of an anarcho band that I mean, crucifix. This record is an example of an anarcho record that, I won't hesitate to put on. Yeah, for sure. Yes. It's, it's also three songs longer than the anti-sect record and half the length. Right. It's 20 <laughs> minutes shorter. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking from actual experience always helps a lot. Also, you know, singing about issues and still being content to fucking rip at breakneck speed. Yes. Um, yes. I, you know, I think the art and the messaging has made this like a crust punk back patch band, but this band should 100% be in the conversation uh, about like top tier legendary first wave U.S. hardcore bands. This was going to be one of my selections for like currently slept on bands. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah. Like in sort of like you know the in current hardcore. Yes. Um, this was going to be one of my selections when we did that. Yes, because this this is an this is an all time great early early hardcore release period. Like I I don't I don't I don't know how much more can be said about this. This is a real fucking record. It's a ripping record. It is a definitive record for an entire genre and aesthetic moving forward there's nothing bad about this record i mean i was i was actually thinking it's like is this like one of the first like american d-beat records it would have to would, cross yeah. slash d-beat probably is the probably first one honestly er, early day because like when you see them in like 83 84 they have like all charged like they're all charged up yeah like yeah, i mean i guess if really you count battalion of saints that was like pretty much the exact same time but yeah yeah, yeah. This this feel this feels more this feels more in line with like the UK stuff in terms of like aesthetic and presentation. Yeah, and the politics yeah. were there in a way that they kind of weren't with Battalion of Saints as I much. I mean, shit! I literally just bought this record in Cleveland when we were there, yeah, like yesterday. Right. So let's uh, let's, let's do, this. do it. Three, two, one. Crucifix.
I love Andy. I love that answer record, but yeah, I don't know. It's just I would have. I would have. If I think I, I think I was. I, I, I think I was gaslighting myself about it because it is, in some ways, more ambitious artistically. Yes. But I, I don't and even I, know if it I actually is. It just sort that. of comes off that way. Yeah. Sure. Next matchup, we got number three, uh, the Subhumans Demolition War EP going up against number ninety nine. Dead Kennedys and God We Trust Incorporated. Yeah, so this this is kind of like a, a good um, immediate juxtaposition to Antisect for me because this is like this is the kind of anarcho punk and like peace punk stuff that really got me into the genre and hooked me from Jump, uh, especially for '81. This stuff is really musically bold and experimental while while still um, containing like a degree of energy and freneticism that I, I wish a lot more UK peace punk from this era had. Um, it's like it, it's kind of peak genre to me on this stuff i i really 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 love this release i definitely think it's the the superior subhumans as well the art is also like i think kind of prototypical so bad it's so good punk art <laughs> yeah know? yeah also uh, other the only i guess the only bad thing i can say about this is that um the last song on here is a portent of this uh, of the vocalist tenure in citizen fish years later mm. which which depending upon your proclivities is not a great thing did not know. know about that um oh, yeah. a ska band right yeah it is indeed yeah. a ska oh, yeah. i have in my notes it's like this is conflict with some U.S. hardcore and ska. Yeah, 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 yeah for right? sure. Like, right. Th- this is this is definitely more interesting to listen to. Yes, than a lot of other sort of anarcho stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've Subhumans. This is another classic band that I've largely never given a shit about. Yeah, fair enough. And and it's mainly because my introduction to this did not involve street and did not involve like anarcho hardcore. Yeah, 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 right. For sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, this is this is a good EP. It's got it's got good songwriting and the songs are interesting it's not just basically the same fucking thing sure with a guy crying about you know fucking killing animals and shit in front of <laughs> um and you know it straddles like you know these 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 different genre lines yes yeah animals are fucking banger definitely a banger oh right? yeah you know yeah. um yeah this is this is this is a pretty good record and i have not listened full disclosure i haven't listened to subhumans in more than 20 years yeah so it was good to come back to this and be like oh yeah this is a fucking good record. my my dad got yeah. me the subhumans this was this was uh, a favorite of his during it's, the 80s so it's got a kind of wryness to it that does remind me more so of like american bands than their contemporaries in the uk it even reminds yeah. me of the dead kennedys a little as we touched on last time so what do, what do you guys think of this dk's record it's like a shorter one that I don't think is quite as iconic as some of their LPs, but uh, it's the one Puss had put on his list. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be my inclusion, but I don't. I think with Dead Kennedys, it, that's a no wrong answer situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, also, this is a really good example of you know if if someone tries to tell you that Dead Kennedys weren't a hardcore band, just show them this record. You know? Yeah, right. that's what I said. This is like them. Like, yeah, we're a hard. This is us doing like hardcore stuff. Yeah. yeah. And this is, and this is early in dead Kennedy's career too. Right. And I mean, also there are plenty of live shows from this era that if you, if you want to watch a live set from 81, 82 of dead Kennedy's, it's, it's very clear that they are, they are a, a, a hardcore band. Um, so I talked about this phenomenon with a couple other bands on, on this list, but you know, they're treated like an afterthought because they're an entry level band, but they're an entry level band because they are 
potentially the best American punk band, you know what I mean? Like a top five American punk band ever. Uh, so they're, they're very much this like hot topic t-shirt band or like, Oh, this is like starter pack punk. But like, that's because it's universally lauded. You can't yeah, fuck with it, right? Yeah. If, if you told me Dead Kennedys is your favorite fucking punk band, I'd be like, dope. Yeah, right? exactly. That's, that's, if you said, you know, any one of the LPs, right? Any, mm. any one of those fucking LPs, you, you know, my personal favorite is Bedtime for, Demo- for Democracy. Oh, dude, that one's, that one is sick. That's, I love that. I love that record too. I love that fucking record. Cesspools and Eden might be my favorite DK song. Yeah. But if I listen to, you know, Plastic Surgery Disasters, I'm say I'm a Plastic Surgery I'm Disasters. I'm like, you know what? Actually, yeah. this is better than bed. Like, like, it's so hard. It, it's actually, what am I listening to at the moment? Which, what Dead Kennedy's record is my favorite? It's the one I'm listening yeah. to at that moment. Yeah, for sure. Right. I, Dead Kennedy's, Gray and I are in total, total agreement here. This band cannot be fucked with. Yeah. And anybody that says and rolls their eyes, fuck you. Right. There's a reason. There's a reason why this, you know, this band is so ubiquitous. And it's because they are potentially easily top five. Yes. American American punk bands. And, and their musicianship is insane too. Like they're watertight. They're playing at fucking blazing speeds on this. Uh, I, I was talking to you guys when you were here. There's like, there's actually film of them re- recording this live in the studio that is phenomenal and, and everybody should seek out. It used to be on, on YouTube. I think that it still is. I also think whatever you think of Jello Biafra now or as a person, easily some of the smartest lyrics mm-hmm. of this entire wave of like American punk and hardcore. And yeah, for, if we're talking about a personality, yeah, like, there's your guy. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And it, it's also one of the first bands of this wave, uh, that was like intentionally funny to really great effect. They, they had enough of a command of like, not just the English language, but current events and history to, to craft like genuinely wry cutting hilarious often hilarious commentary where other bands were like you know you stab me in the back no like, super smart and talented on all fronts right yeah, for sure excellent songwriters musicianship i mean east bay ray went to that's the reason i play guitar the right. way that that's, I play what, that's what i mean yeah. like you hear that you're like yeah how, how is that not the best fucking guitar sound you've ever heard right yes right for sure and um yeah well yeah that's the other thing too to, to stay say state nothing of their playing like even just their tones right <laughs> like everything about it is just like i could nerd out about the dead kennedys i could probably do an entire podcast not just an episode a, a whole podcast about the dead kennedys like i fucking love this band they're 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 one of the best man yeah i I, this is like if this comes down to like a final four, yeah, it's like NA, Minor Threat, Dead Kennedys, and Poison Idea, yeah, sure, right? Yeah, for I could, me, I could vibe with that, yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I that's makes total sense. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely agree about Dead Kennedys as a band, yes. Let's yeah. uh, let's just get to it. Uh, three, two, one, Dead Kennedys. Dead Kennedys. I want to make it very clear I did go subhumans and it's just strictly these two if we're talking just about these two records which we were Yes, I like the Subhumans record more. I think it's better than all the other Subhumans records by far. And this isn't my favorite DK's release. I I think Demolition War is like fucking gold. Like, uh, I think 
you know, yeah. not trying to sell anybody on it, but I would certainly not say they are a better band than the DKs, but for these two EPs, those, you know, yeah, like sure. and, dead yeah. Kennedys move on to the That's next what this, uh, this, uh, this is about is about the releases, but yeah, truly yes. as a band, yeah. DK is absolutely unfuckwithable. Yeah. Next up, we got number 51, the misfits walk among us versus number 46 anti-systems. No laughing matter LPs. Yeah. So we, we have like three, like, you know, anarcho kind of peace punk crest punks things right in a row that I think yeah. are, are kind of create an interesting through line because I really like anti-system. And to me, this is kind of like everything anti-sect should and ideally would be it's fucking rich on paper. Yeah. Dude, this, yeah. This stuff is great. I was um, re-listening to this and like, like, yeah, it is what anti-sect kind of would want to be. It, yeah. That first song with like the breakdown. Dude, yeah, there's mosh dude. parts all there's over. Like you want to talk about something yeah. hard, hardcore yeah. kids should like, it's fucking this record. Yes. I, I, I made the exact same note on this. Like this is still unabashedly like leftist and, and politically forceful, but it fucking rips. It's heavy. And I also think this is maybe, this is a pretty early example of like fully realized, like D beat crust stuff. Like yeah. this to me feels like a, a very much a template band for a band like Os Rotten and like the later heavier iterations of, of crust, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and I, so to, to say what you just do to, to mirror what you just said, I said, it's funny because punks will say this music isn't hardcore and hardcore will all kids will also say it isn't hardcore, but for totally different reasons. And they are both wrong. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. This is ripping yeah. heavy, like hardcore informed D beat crust stuff. They do a really good job of, of keeping this from getting samey by throwing in a lot of really good, like mid tempo stompers on here, like not just parts, but full songs where they kind of slow down and go mid-tempo which is uh, a really nice kind of change of pace from what a lot of their contemporary contemporaries were doing uh it was also engineered by a member of chumbawamba just to to increase their peace punk bona fides mm -hmm. uh, yeah this stuff is this is this is a really really good stuff yeah i haven't listened to this in a long time it is much more ripping than i remember it yeah it's much more ripping than i think any band with the word anti in its name <laughs> from the 80s yes. i expect them to sound like yeah for sure right yeah um yeah this completely fucking rips and by 85 like this is a established form yeah you know what i mean like like okay we know what works we know what doesn't fucking work right yeah for sure um yeah this is a fucking ripper of a record this is a really good record um i don't have a lot of bad to say about it I mean, for an anarcho, rec anarcho record this stands head and shoulders above most of its peers of the area yeah of the era how would you guys contrast it with walk among us? Obviously, you know, classic record, plenty of people have talked about it, but you know, I don't know. Sometimes, uh, records that are classics like that, uh, don't get picked apart as much as they could by people who are mostly focused on obscure records. Like we tend to here, yeah. you know, like, I don't know, like I didn't have much to say about the bad brains record, but this one, I had a little bit more to say about because it's, uh, yeah. I don't know. Go no. on. What do you have to say on it? I will say, there are very few, Gray, Gray and I both have said this multiple times, there are very few people that have a more, in my opinion, to have a more solid catalog and consistent catalog of music than Glenn Danzig. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, he did not write a bad song 
arguably for a long fucking time. Yeah, like, right? at least well, like a twenty-year period, like almost a twenty-year period. Yes, yes. right. I mean, I mean, every, every single with with a few exceptions, right? Radfink kind of sucks, but I'll still listen to Radfink before I listen to, you know, a lot of other stuff. Sure, yeah. Then the abrasive wheels. <laughs> um, you know, Radfink kind of sucks, and there's some stinkers here and there, like on um, um, oh shit, um. Why am I? Why am I fucking farting out at this point? There's some stinkers here and there in Legacy Brutality. Yeah, sure. Couple, I guess, right? Yeah, I don't yeah, like yeah. 138. That's a boring fucking. It's a song. boring tra- track. Yeah. But man, when you listen to Walk Among Us, Earth AD, Wolf's Blood, and Legacy Brutality. Yeah. Fuck. And then you go into you go into fucking um, Sam Hain. Sam Hain. Yeah, November coming. And then you go into Danzig. Yeah, dude. it's not until it's not until Danzig four. Yeah. That he starts to drop off and his. Like one of his best songs is on is How the Gods Kill on Danzig Three. Yeah, that song, fuck. It's like a magnum yeah. opus. If right. that were the yeah. if that was the only song that dude ever wrote, he would be a fucking legend. Right. right. You know? So yeah. so it goes without saying. I I I, Glenn Danzig won at life. Yeah. Right. Yep. He beat the fucking game. Right. This this album, I don't. This is another one that I don't think is a fair comparison. For sure, yeah. Um, Any system is good. It fucking rips. But for me, man, twenty eyes, Dude, all hell breaks loose. Fuck. Hate breeders. Yeah, mommy, can I go out and kill? Yeah. Whatever. It's live. Night of the Living Dead. That's one of Dude. my favorite Misfits tracks. Right. Yeah. Skulls. Skulls. I mean, there's Astro Zombies. Yeah, man. That's my favorite oh, one yeah. personally. Dude. Yeah. I, it, you it's so this this album this album this band but this album basically is the is the beginning and end of an entire genre <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure yes yeah <laughs> that's a great way to put it that's... i i when i re i was going to when i first when we did this on first listen i came into it like this is not my favorite like misfit stuff Mm-hmm. Mostly because I like burnt myself out, out on it. I like had a burnt CD in my like one of my first cars, and I listened to it probably for like two months straight. Yeah. So by the time I'm like, okay, there's like a lot of whoa, whoa, whoa's on this, like more than I am like, you know, I need. Mm-hmm. But upon re-listening, it was like, damn, actually, this is like way sicker than I recalled it being. It's insane. Uh, yeah. This record's nuts. I, I think that people who hate on this, like fundamentally don't really understand punk music because, yeah. you know, and this record as a transitional document is really interesting too, because it contains all of the sing songy and highly melodic components of the earlier stuff, but it, it ramps up the speed and intensity, not quite getting to the, the almost like straight up hardcore that they arrive at on, on earth AD and, and wolf's blood. Um, and I honestly think this is probably their best material for exactly that reason. Um, I think this is like, I can't overstate. I think this is perfect music in, in pretty much every respect from, from start to finish. Um, to mirror your sentiment, Nate, I just wrote, if you hate on dancing, you are a jealous bitch. Yeah, you are. Yeah. You were a jealous bitch. Who who was who was the dude from, what what band was the dude knocked when Danzig got famously like fifty oh, North, North Side Kings? Side. Yeah. And no one remembers who the fuck they were, right? <laughs> it was, yeah. uh, it was hey, that band cool. that band Draft Kings. Uh, yeah, Draft Kings. Cool. cool. You knocked that- Danzig out, but no one remembers who the fuck you are. <laughs> But you know what? Glenn Danzig still fucking Glenn Danzig. <laughs> yeah, for that sure. That dude managed to get like a book out of that though yeah. somehow. Yeah. He like wrote a Christ. book about that shit. I remember my friend being like, "Yeah, when the 
singer of the band Cottonmouth Kings? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it's that bad. That, that would have been. I uh, wish you. That would have been a bad. better story, I'm sure. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I hadn't. I, I. There was a time in my life where I listened to the Misfits almost their entire discography on a at least a weekly basis. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And I still fall into that like a couple sure. times a year. I, I think I'm about to fall into that because I, I hadn't revisited this in a little bit, and upon listening to this in preparation for the show. I was, it was like hearing it for the first time, man. It was like, I was, I was left in awe of how transcendently phenomenal this, this music is. Yeah. And, and Glenn, you know, by all accounts, I've never met him. I don't fucking know. All I know is I've seen him like, you know, on various fucking interviews and read it. He's a total fucking like self-absorbed prick. Yeah. But if there's one dude that actually deserves to be a total fucking self-absorbed prick. Yeah, dude. It's Glenn. Yeah. It, it makes it, for some good interviews too. In yeah. the day and age of everyone like having to like pat all their homies on the back and like be so like humble and stuff like that, I I can't. I just love someone who is kind of like that nowadays. Yeah, hundred percent. Like yeah. I don't need to hear you about how like actually I don't think I'm that good. No, nah, I want to hear you be like I'm the best. I'm, I'm have fu- you I fucking rule? Have you seen the interview? It's I believe it's from the '90s, and it's like they're, they're, he's playing like a European fest. I can't remember what it is. And the interviewer is like a German guy or something. He's like asking him, like, oh, you know, are you uh, excited to see any bands on this? And he's like, not really. And he's like, he's like, he's like Rollins band. He's like Rollins yes, band. I have seen it. that. Yeah. He's like, he's like, the, honestly, he's like only two bands on this that are any good. Rollins band fucking Danzig. That's it. He's like everything else. I mean, it's, it's fucking bullshit. And then the guy's like, Oh, why, why do you say this? He's like, cause it's fucking fake. It's not real. It's I think, I believe, real shit. I might be remembering wrong, but I believe he said like biohazard's pretty good. No, oh yeah. 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 Big up biohazard as yeah. well. Yeah. And other than that, he's just like, it's not real. It's fake. It's, it's, it's fucking wimp shit. <laughs> yeah, it's Hell yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a line. I remember him like in some video where he's hanging out at his house and he's showing you his cool shit. And he's in my mind's eye, he's hanging out like shirtless. Yeah. 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 Like, yes. Paul on guitar play. Yep. You know, <laughs> yeah, for talking sure. about his various books about death. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, I want to note book. I want to note too before we before we vote that Danzig really like he he also I think maybe because he's such a big personality and he's always been the front man for his bands that it might be easy to get it twisted and think that Danzig's not like the workhorse of these groups, but he is. Right. Yes. He's also the songwriter. Like yeah. uh, on a lot of the misfit stuff that was re- later re-released in box sets or posthumous re- posthumously released and stuff, he went back and did like overdubs on guitar and bass for like all of the tracks and fixed like his band era, his band members mistakes and shit. So not only is this dude like a, a, a top tier front man, but like he's the dude writing these fucking songs. Imagine, imagine walking into a fucking venue in like 1978, in New Jersey. Yeah. And seeing this. Yeah. Right. Life change. Like if I yeah, had a time yeah. machine, yeah, that's one of the first stops I would make for sure. Right. Yes. Is to go see the misfits in the late seventies in, you know, He's somewhere in Jersey. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, let's uh, let's count this one off then. Uh, three, two, one. Misfits. Misfits. 
I was second guessing, kind of gaslighting myself on this one too. And then your comment, Nate, about it being the beginning and end of an entire genre <laughs> of music, like that made it very clear to me that, cause I know exactly what you mean. I, yeah. I kind of wanted to vote anti I don't want to hear a single other horror punk band. I'm not interested yeah. in a single other horror punk band. Ever, yeah. no. I kind of wanted to vote anti-system, but I'm just like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. This fits. It's like really fucking good. Yeah. We got, what we got next? Next match. Number six, TSOL self-titled EP going up against number 38, the Cro-Mags Age of Quarrel LP. This is a tough one for me because personally, just personally, both very formative records and even upon revisiting them, kind of struggled. So this is definitely another one where our our panelists here, uh, Gray and Nate, could potentially influence at least my decision. So what did you guys think of this? I love both of these, but I didn't have any trouble with this. No, one. me neither. Um, okay. as, uh, so like for TSOL specifically, you know, as much as I appreciate their contribute contributions to like the development of, of death rock, like West coast death rock, th- this to me is like the quintessential TSOL material. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, kind of bummed that they got bored of hardcore so quickly after this, because I would have loved to have heard a, 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 an LP worth of material on par with this stuff. Yeah. And they really fucking changed gears after dance with me too. For sure. Yes. Yeah. Cause I think qualitatively like this is, this stands um, as one of the best early examples of West coast hardcore it runs pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah. It runs real <laughs> good stuff. Um, it's, and it's honestly, it's probably one of my most frequently revisited like West coast hardcore records. I listen to this record a lot, like a lot mm-hmm. more than probably um, people might, might guess. I really, really, really love this record. I listened, well, you and I listened to this last time I went up to Chicago, but yep. I mean, I list, I didn't listen to this or age of quarrel in preparation for the show. Cause I both listened to these within the past like two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for yeah. sure. I listened to them anyway, but I easily could have skipped them if, if I needed to. Um, I do wish that this were even just a few songs longer because yeah, <laughs> like it, two songs, you it, need two more. Songs. Yeah. It just, it blazes by so fucking quickly. I think it's funny that this, not just musically, but it, it, they, they pivoted incredibly quickly from on this release, like, politically charged content to singing about fucking dead women, which is kind of funny. <laughs> um, yeah. And like being a secret agent and shit. Yeah, yeah. 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 For sure. Like on this, they're like, they're, t- you know, property is theft, right? They're like, they're talking about what in 1981 were, I guess like fairly lofty and not like well explored topics in subculture and then they immediately were like i want to come in a corpse on the next record you know so that's an interesting juxtaposition nate is this like a was this like an early an early record because for me this is an an early record like i got into this very very early on uh or was this one that you like got into later no this is not the my first experience is dance with me okay and dance with me i always kind of like okay this is fine by the time i'm I'm listening to 90s hardcore and death metal right Uh, okay i can i guess this is kind of cool you know what i mean um and it wasn't until you know maybe i don't know three four five years after i i because i i wasn't interested to investigate the rest of tsol's output yeah um so it wasn't maybe until like maybe five years after i heard dance with me that i that i heard this and was like oh this is this is fucking dope yeah right like they were a legit hardcore band yes yeah um in contrast uh age of coral um 
I know every note of this record, like the back of my hand. Um, it's one of my favorite albums of all time, like in any genre period. Uh, I think you could make a, I've said this about a few things and I think it applies uh, in, in every case. This is another one. I think you could make a really convincing argument for this being like one of the greatest hardcore records of all time. There was for, 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 I would say many years I was adamant that this is the best hardcore LP of all time. And I, I might still say that I've been a little conflicted lately, but absolutely. There's a good yeah. case for that. In my opinion, there's a real strong case for it. Um, I, I, I would say my only real gripe for the, on this record, besides like the same sort of little production qualms that everybody has, like, Hey, I wish the bass tone were a little bit different, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I maybe in the minority on this, I think seekers of the truth really kind of fucks up the flow of this record. It's like a five minute long song. Uh, and it really slows down the pace. And there's a couple other songs that slow down the pace really effectively. Um, so function. Yeah, right. Exactly. So I, I don't really need that track but it also doesn't do enough. Uh, it doesn't do enough damage that I think it really affects the, the listenability of this. I, I would still say this clocks in at, at, at essentially being a perfect, a perfect record. Um, it's like, you know, and seekers of the truth is basically like a slow motorhead song too. So I can't really, I can't really beef it too hard. Um, it's a shame that this band has like tarnished their legacy uh, <laughs> with like being terminally online and also releasing a lot of records that aren't good. <laughs> um, because, oh, come on, man. You know, uh, like War on the Streets? Yeah, War on the Streets <laughs> is a good song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is that the rapping one? No, that's... Which one is it, that? That's it's, a, it's a cock rock song from the near death uh, experience album. Oh, okay. That was on, okay. Near, near death experience. I will say I recently revisited best wishes and alpha alpha Omega and best wishes has, has some tracks for sure. Um, but like it just, it's kind of shocking how much they never reach the heights of this record again. Like yeah, this, yeah. this, this was the perfect storm of like personalities, time and place influence. Mm -hmm. Um, it's got some of the best drumming on any punk or hardcore record of oh, yeah. ever. Um, this is just like it, legitimately like as Nate characterized some of the early hardcore early, um, previously on, on the episode, like this is a lightning in a bottle situation. Um, this is, I, I think, as close to a, a perfect hardcore record as as you can get. So, yeah, this is the only Cro-Mags album I like. Yeah, and I like it a lot. Yes, right. I don't. I don't even think about this band outside of this album. Yeah, um, this album is. Yeah, like you said, I'm not going to reiterate everything you said. I, I, I think that this album is just about perfect. Yeah, and um, it 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 deserves all the fucking like. The, the the all the all the praise and legend around it for sure like this is this is basically a perfect hardcore record um of that region of the era yep. and, and of all time yes um yeah i this is like i said i don't think about chromags in any other context in this record yeah all right let's do it then uh three two one chromags doing the count off i want to do like click 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 do katu, and then we say it but uh there you go some some slick editing on my part yeah we'll we'll fix yeah that yeah up. yeah
What we got? What we got next? A couple more. Only a couple no, more left. Actually, this is the last one. Yeah, one oh, really? One more. One more. We all should. We all should have actually yelled Cro-Mags like they do in hard times, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Machine head. <laughs> okay, last matchup here for this round. Number eleven, Gizm's Detestation LP, going up against number twenty-two, Channel Three self-titled EP. Yeah, this is another unfair. Th- one. This is another unfair. Yeah. This is totally unfair. Yeah. <laughs> We listened uh, to Channel Three when we were driving on tour. It is, it's good. It's very, good very solid, catchy stuff. It's um, good. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll talk about that stuff first because this is this is one of like two things on this list that I had never never listened to before, and I thought it was kind of wild that this would this this was one that slipped through the cracks for me because I think it's really fucking good. Um, it's up my alley in, in like pretty much every way. Uh, it's some of the better West Coast punk of this era that that I have heard in recent memory that I wasn't previously familiar with. I, I think this deserves, uh, deserves to be a classic. Um, it like kind of perfectly blends like uh 77 punk and like power pop sensibilities. Um, and even like a little touch of oi with like, other things that were happening on the West coast at the time, it has a distinctly West coast flavor, but there do the core, the choruses on this, like, especially on the first track, uh, Manzanar and, um, I've got a gun are oh, like yeah. to me about, as, uh, they're about as good as this brand of punk gets like, Agre- agreed. So, yeah. You know, like I, I actually, as soon as this was done, even though I had just gotten done a marathon, listen, listen, as soon as this EP was done, I listened to it again because I was like, damn, I, it's so wild that I hadn't heard this before. This is mm-hmm. great. Um, but it is up against fucking detestation, which is yeah. like an all time legendary right. record. Right. So how'd you feel about the channel three stuff though? I, it was fine. I'd never, I'd never heard this band before. Apparently yeah. they still play. I mean, they've got stuff that's come out in 2019. Okay. Um, so they're still kicking around. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd never heard of this band before. Uh, it was fine. Okay. I mean, yes. Right. I like the melody of it. You know, like it, like it had that cal- that 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 West Coast sort of melody injected into sure. it and stuff, and that was good. But I, I honestly kind of didn't pay that close of attention to it because I listened to this as soon as I was done listening to Detestation. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, you listen to Age of Quarrel and then it's Detestation and then it's then it's this it's right. Channel Three. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will say Gizm is. Um, there are a couple bands that I am. I'm usually not one of those people that dives into a band's discography and listens to everything. Gizm is one of those bands where I've listened to like what anything I could fucking find. Yeah. Like I fucking love this band. Like I literally, my buddy Josh um, dubbed a bunch of like all of their albums on tape. And I was like, yeah, let me get all of them. Yeah. Like, I mean, and the Randy Cheetah group, like seven inch too. like, yeah. it is crazy that this record came out in 83 insane yeah. like m- truly mind-blowing like like especially from japan yeah you know what mm-hmm. i mean it, it's fucking bonkers that this came out in 90, 1993 1983 yeah or 83 yeah, yeah pardon me um because it's i mean fuck dude <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. And, and not only that but it sounds completely like it, it sounds completely current. It does not sound, you know, a lot of some, sometimes these, um, you know, bands like Gizm or bands that are inspired by the, you know, the same bands that sort of inspired Gizm mm-hmm. and some of these DB bands, they sound anachronistic today. Sure. Yeah. Right. But this mm-hmm. sounds completely fucking modern still. Yeah. 
this is this is a band too where it's like impossible to to sort of divorce the the legend of the band from the music like it all kind of goes hand in hand definitely and it enhances the experience because like not only is this like bonkers totally deconstructive groundbreaking music in its genre but it's also fronted by one of the realest motherfuckers Mm -hmm. (laughs) ever to be involved in subculture period you know um like the i mean randy uchita as a guitar player is like oh sure one of my Mm -hmm. top five like favorite guitar players like yeah every song has just the coolest solo ever yeah i was gonna say yeah the the way that the the way that these god-awful and yet transcendently wonderful tones are contrasted with just like these buzzsaw riffs and then these like perfect new wave of british heavy metal like harmony like harmonized leads yep it's un- it's insane it's untouchable um i mean like i also love that like sakevi like t- took apparently like took all of the sort of like violent imagery and political posturing of like western punk and f- and d- didn't <laughs> didn't apparently pull out any sort of like discernible ideology from it was just like oh violence is sick right i want to napalm people like like, which i i think loves i love and like totally elevates this but i also think this is like this is kind of like the final boss of early hardcore in general because you would stand a better chance of of getting like a modern black metal fan into this than you would like a modern hardcore fan. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, yeah. You can't show this to a terror fan. Like you have no. to, you have to be all in on this genre <laughs> I mean, to like be ready for this. It has well, I mean, it has way more overlaps just aesthetically yeah. and, and sonically with you know black metal yeah i mean you compare put this side by side with revenge yeah sure right yes and this is doesn't sound anything like revenge but it's a lot closer to revenge than it is something like terror yeah for sure you know and all the fucking like idiosyncrasies about this right yes endless block ads for the pussy (laughs) yeah yeah dude well this is this is a great early example of like uh of terribly translated lyrics and i love it Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Tear their syphilitic, syphilitic vaginas to pieces. I mean, oh, come on. Yeah, man. dude, for sure. Yeah, right? tear, tear is called T E R E. I have this long run. I'm going to go off on a bit of a tangent here. Sorry, guys. I'm going to ruin your fucking podcast. <laughs> I'm going to talk about something that only I find funny. Okay. I was just thinking about it the other day. I find a lot of, I, 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 I have fantasy scenarios that i play out in my head that I've, i i am the funniest person i know and i, I laugh about them and yes. one of them is i've thought about it for a long fucking time george jones right classic country country musician mm-hmm. he has absolutely no relationship or context to death metal but let's say as a final fucking swan song george jones decides to write a death metal record and he's all fucking in okay right it's going to sound like a mess, right? Yeah. He's just going to hear a couple. He's going to think, okay, this is what it's all about. It's total fucking mania. And he decides to write this fucking, this death metal record that is so over the top and all in on something that is just so foreign to him. Yes. 
this kind of reminds me of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like this goes so all in. It's so it's it's alien yes. <laughs> compared to anything else that is sort of like this of the same time. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's fucking better. Yeah. Right. And I would be stoked to hear a George Jones total fucking like outsider music death metal record. Yes. Right. Well, that so that's a that's the best way to categorize this. Wherever you want to stick this, like hardcore punk, whatever. This is this to me is more outsider music than it is anything else. Easily, you know? easily. Do you yeah. do you guys enjoy the other Gizm records? Yeah, actually, I do. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. I, I mean, all of those, uh, Man mm-hmm. and Sonic Crime Therapy. I think Sonic Crime Therapy is my favorite. Like that one came out what like way two thousand one. Oh yeah, I think it was like re- they like wrote it or recorded it in like ninety five. Mm-hmm. Rainy Cheetah died of cancer in two thousand two. Came out. Yep. I think it came out like a little before that or like around that time. And like. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's all of the records are like groundbreaking in that, like, like man, especially it's like, let's have these, like in this crazy production. And then we're going to have sick heavy who sounds like a death metal, like vocalist spewing over like new wave of British heavy metal, like songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's For like, sure. Oh yeah. By the way, there's like industrial like tracks, like straight <laughs> yeah. up noise yeah. tracks. Yeah. No, it's nothing it's, like it's it. Yeah. Yes, and and then you know add the fact that he's like uh, wielding a chainsaw in the crowd and shit. Yeah, just... and like shooting fire, like yes. like yeah, the the gas burner panic video on YouTube. Yeah. That's like they played with a psychic TV and like, yep. which is a perfect band for them to play. Perfect with. band to play with. Play with. It is. Yes, I, I don't know, man. I I think I think that Gizm kind of they kind of encapsulate like everything captivating exciting enthralling mm-hmm. about like punk and subculture like that to, to me this is kind of like they're kind of the peak you know what i mean i would mm-hmm. I, I would agree with that to at least a large extent yeah if i could yeah. go back to something you were saying earlier too uh we sh- it should be mandated that uh every terror fan uh listen to the entire discography. <laughs> yes 100 <laughs> percent. yes yeah we'll for figure sure. out in a room yeah, we'll figure out which ones there's hope for, which ones are like salvageable based on how they respond yeah. to that. Right. Yes. And you have to remove any like you have to completely break them down so you can't have any familiar sort of like hallmarks that they can cling to, right? You got no hoodies, there's no fucking hoodies. Right? <laughs> no hoodies, no fucking shorts, yeah. right? No sneakers, right? Oh, you, you want to you want a four panel what? I've never heard of one of those before, actually. <laughs> yeah, like... Exactly. Basically, they are in their underwear, strapped to a chair under a fucking <laughs> airball. <Yeah. laughs> and then they would really be hardcore if they managed to make it through that. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> let's let's wrap this one up then. Three, two, one, and get channel them. three. You just wish to get on the record as a dissenter, you know? (laughs) No, I mean, I actually think I do like that more than really. Oh my gosh. Damn. Like I said, I have very peculiar, strange taste. Uh, No, I I get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I I will say sometimes if if you showed like, I mean, really anyone uh, that gives them, I mean, yeah, that, that guitar tone is, it's bad. 
It's so bad. Like it's, if you showed me that now captured on tape, but it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. If you showed me that now, it's like, Jake, you came into like our practice space <laughs> and you're like, this is a guitar tone. I want. I, like, what? There's one guitar. There's one guitar tone that might be worse and is also a band that you should definitely check out. If you haven't before this band, the mentally ill. Um, great. Great. I showed them to you actually. And I think yeah, you said yeah. something similar. Yeah. Gacy's Gacy's place is like classic a little, track, classic track. Yeah. Like I fucking love that band, but that may, that arguably could be a worse guitar tone. Arguably. Also that chemotherapy shit we were listening to earlier. Oh, oh man. That was I, I, we we're going to talk about that when we're not recording. Cause I want to see if Nate has heard it before because he mentioned the shags, but, um, Hey, Jake Razor here. Just throwing a little recap on the end so that everybody knows who the winners are who move on to the next round. Uh, first, we have the accused, Martha Splatterhead EP. Then uh, Sick of It All, Blood, Sweat, and No Tears LP. The Negative Approach EP, Jerry's Kids, Is This My World LP. Minor Threat, Filler EP. Uh, Antidote, Thou Shalt Not Kill EP. Bad Brains, the, uh, the fucking cassette, the yellow one. Faith Void, Split LP, moving on. SSD Control, Get It Away EP, also moving on. Um, Adolescence LP progresses to the next round. Uh, Poison Idea, Kings of Punk, also progresses to the next round. Crucifix, Dehumanization, moves on to the next round. We got uh, Dead Kennedys and God We Trust Inc. EP, moving on to the next round. Hate to see you go, Demolition War. Goddamn, I was rooting for that one. We've got The Misfits, Walk Among Us LP, moving to the next round. Chromags, Age of Coral LP moves to the next round. And finally, we have the Gizm Detestation uh, mini LP, I guess you'd call it, moving to the next round. So those are our winners. Thank you to our guest panelists, Nate and Gray, for helping us pick them out. Always good to have them weigh in. Make sure you check out Demolition Podcast. They're fucking great. And, uh, yeah, you can contact us, Official on Instagram, kingsofpunk.com. We got a blog up there now to see the results if you don't want to listen to this shit because there's a lot of it, especially in these rounds. And uh, also Kings of Punk Pod on Twitter. Thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll see you in round four.